0: This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy. Thanks for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Bus Russ, is what the other podcasters call me. You can follow what I'm watching on Letterboxd at the handles I was trying to get over. That would be CM Darth or Cool Movies Darth. There's a Twitter account for that as well. If you want to fill your home with the dulcet tones of myself, you can do that by asking your Amazon Echo or Google Nest device to play latest podcast by Russ Stevens, and that should get you there. So this week, I don't know if it's a comedy of errors, because I can't really say it's that funny, but (laughs) what happened uh, was I've started a second job, and it's going pretty well right now. Everything seems to be good, except I'm working a hell of a lot of hours now, so it might make podcasting difficult in the future, but I'm more than happy to do my best to work with anybody to uh, get some great content out there. So I digress. My Sundays are free. I will say that much, but I still was able to manage to get some time between the jobs to successfully have a scheduled podcast, which ended up falling through the day of. So I wasn't really able to... Get my sister, the Poetic Critic, in a good, nice, loose way to let me record a conversation about movies with her. It was just a very cool, relaxing night. I guess I just needed that after, you know, 50 hours of work. So that's my life right now, and I'm sorry that I couldn't get a a new episode out. I'm going to try remedying an issue I'm having with Podbean, uh, my uh, current distributing partner. It's just that they only let 100 episodes stay on the feeds to your top podcast apps, your Apple podcast, your Spotify, your Google podcast, and whatever Amazon uses. They use TuneIn, they got Amazon Music, I mean, they got it all. In other words, I'm losing episodes, and I don't really want to start up with a new distributor and you know, either not be able to get the feed all restored and what have you, so... This is uh, just a good trailer for, I guess, 90 for Chill, the podcast, as I go and prevent some episodes from being lost, I think. And we're going to stick to a comedy theme. We're going to do an interesting double feature. We're going to do Stealing Harvard with uh, my friend J.D. Grievings, who's got an excellent YouTube channel. And we'll do Spaceballs with the Poetic Critic. So she was coming on the show one way or another. And Jessica Quaz from Second Chance Movie. So, if anything, this is going to be an excellent opportunity to see my skills as a host. And, hopefully, it'll convince you to fill in that void of guests that, you know, I occasionally have. If you want to be on the podcast after this episode... Send an email to Bus 7 at gmail.com. That's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-0-7 at gmail.com. Offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor. Just try to focus on sub-100-minute material. I like a good time frame of 70 to 99 minutes. Now, when it comes to the 99 minutes, if the credits start before 99 minutes, we're going to call that a 99-minute movie. So... Let's just say, example, a lot of Kevin Smith stuff, which was supposed to be a podcast, but, you know, I'm still going to work on that binge, and we will get that out there. Not Marvel movies, not to say they ever conclude before an hour and a half. They're going to have that trailer that sets up the next movie, so, you know, the narrative continues, I suppose. So, that's the rules on the podcast, and if you want to help the podcast out, subscribe on your favorite podcast apps and offer, uh, you know, those five-star reviews. I do reciprocate under the Apple podcast name of Scoop Staley. I just want the stars. You can talk as much shit as you'd like about the show in the review. The primary place I want you to speak trash about the podcast would be on my Twitter account. The Twitter account is at Bus Russ. Or if you want to head to the future, follow me on Mastodon. That user account is at Russ Stevens at mastodon.social so i know it's long and i think now they're really breaking it down though so it'll probably just be at russ stevens we'll get you there if i was gonna do this as a double you gotta earn space ball. So stealing harvard and i'm not bad mouthing stealing harvard but i think it's a nice little base and the frosting will be rick moranis as dark helmet so Thanks for checking out 90 for Chill the Podcast, and I'm hoping to get everything uh, straightened up and nice you know, before I move to a new distributor. Thanks for your understanding, and enjoy the show. Little hands, says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise.
1: Harvard. It's America's most prestigious university.
2: It's home to the world's greatest minds. It's a place some families hope to go work hard and follow your dreams things will always work out now
0: someone in this family Uncle
2: John I got into Harvard you're kidding that's incredible
0: has the chance of a lifetime how much more money do you need just one little chunk twenty nine thousand eight hundred and seventy nine dollars 11 days from now. That's the small chunk? Expensive. A little more. Revolution Studios and Imagine Entertainment present... On the branch, Ricky! A comedy. I know how you can get some money. Criminals have lots of money. About doing the wrong things. I have a client. Guy's loaded. We go over there, we slip through the window. and we grab the money. Nope. You turn this corner and your whole moral code goes out the window. No way.
2: For all the right reasons.
0: If it's going to be a problem, I want you to tell me, and I'll understand.
2: Noreen you're going to harvard what do you want i might need a partner for some heavy stuff that's going down how heavy well let's just say it's uh, a little too heavy to lift alone
0: <laughs> you're not gonna use real guns john we are not gonna use real guns why are you all dressed in black are you going to rob a bank <laughs> john wait we should make up some fake names okay i want to be kyle who are you gonna be steve steve yeah Steve I'm Steve you're Carl Kyle put your hands in the air I don't think so loser freeze <gasps> drop it the paint it's stuck Okay, get with it John Go. Ah! Tom green <laughs> keep it real and nobody's getting hurt <clears throat> I could actually smell your foot on that one Jason Lee I
3: tried to steal the money from some old guy but I ended up in a wig and a dress spooning with him happy times <laughs> Don't
1: stop. Keep on doing what
0: doing. And how I hate having to start doing this with headphones on <laughs> to get that loud ass message from Zoom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So we'll get things rolling then. This is ninety for Chill, the podcast, and this week my guest is JD Grieving. I see. I've seen a bunch of his uh, short videos on Twitter. Very amusing. So I don't know if thank you. I mean, there's been times that bathrooms, that stuff has happened. I I can tell.
2: (laughs) Yeah, 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 dude. Oh man, you you want me to talk about that?
0: Oh, if you want to talk about it, I mean, I've
2: been I've been itching to talk about that sketch, just the story behind it. I guess. Okay. (laughs) Because. We wrote that like six years ago. There's right. uh, a JDHD, the web series that I do. We um, we I had a whole team of writers, and then uh, we wrote so much stuff, and then like, we don't have a camera <laughs> even good enough to shoot this. So, like, we just kind of disbanded, and then I got a good camera, so I started making the show, and I was like, hey, let's do that piece that we wrote and uh, it took me like a year to find a location <laughs> like you don't think about it you think oh they just walked into a bathroom
0: yes yeah it,
2: it, getting permission for you to just <laughs> leave huddles of what looks like piss <laughs> just <laughs> they're, they're not too canny on it a no. lot of people said no <laughs> but you don't think that watching it just like oh yeah they filmed in the bathroom
0: right right your typical dare i say park district bathroom
2: yeah i mean
0: yeah i i know <laughs> there's some nasty one well i worked at a truck stop in morton for six years so
2: oh man yeah yeah,
0: yeah i mean be... <laughs>
2: if... so it made sense to you
0: oh yes yes <laughs> no uh-huh. uh if i yeah that was a I don't. I didn't really mind the job, as I said. I was there six years. It was good for my wrestling career, but uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, everything from the movies, the movie clerks, had occurred at that truck stop, with the exception of necrophilia.
2: Oh my God!
0: Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, me kind of, kind of got myself off as a pseudo intellectual at the peoria bar scene based on uh my story about and then eventually blogging about a guy uh, setting himself on fire you know (laughs) right and i sold the two dollars in gas i mean that was his intention and oh my god uh, i mean it ended up uh that's how i ended up dropping out of the uh, icc creative writing course it was basically uh wrote wrote a humorous tale about that and my uh instructor said death is never funny <laughs> i i oh. i probably have that review somewhere like i pretty much have my backpack from that uh run at icc intact like,
2: tell that to a clown who dies. It's hilarious
0: oh oh <laughs> uh, i had a friend who uh had the joke, you know, rape is never funny except if it's done by a clown. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. We, we, that, was um, one, that was one that was shared more at uh, at bars, really drunk, you know, 3 a.m. stuff, which is the, really the only thing I miss about Peoria is three the 4 a.m. last call. But <laughs> yeah. hey, I miss the Riverman. I missed the Chiefs, but... Eh.
2: Yeah. Um, I I like Peoria, I guess. <laughs> i'm
0: trying to think of something i like about oh i love a lot there's a lot i i mean i of, I, I, mean, I'm, I, I am a and i'm definitely not the uh hipster who moved out to the college <laughs> town yeah so well i think a lot of that's actually just getting yourself involved to relate in a relationship with somebody who can't uh drink or party because of medications and such so oh man yeah being social yeah. is uh social is a uh, pretty difficult and then the pandemic hit so still trying to get my feet yeah solidified i mean one of the best things about moving down here i thought was the art theater like the oldest independent theater in the country and then they shut down yeah so and, and as i say pandemic killed ebert fest so all the things i came down for are gone now it's just uh Chief Illiniwik bumper stickers.
2: <laughs> yeah. Man, I I don't know. I'm trying to be very optimistic about, you know, the, the disadvantages that the pandemic. You know, like, aside from the other ones, the creative yeah. advantages, you know, where, like, um, now it seems like a shows, you know, like bands, like... Um, Last week, my friend, he opened a new uh, new venue that was just packed, you uh, know? Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if people are like, yeah, I, I, this is, I went inside, and then I was inside for a year, and then I was asking myself, what is life? <laughs> you know? Like, oh, it's fun. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. This entire time, I've been thinking my job was the best of entertainment, <laughs> you know. And, th- and now they're like, you know what? I'll-, I'll see what's out there. Maybe I can have fun
1: mm-hmm. too.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, so. well, I mean, I started this podcast. I mean, this was basically uh, ninety for chill. Was more or less the well. It was an offshoot of my uh, blog, which is dedicated to movies that run between 75 and, uh, 30, uh, an hour, 37 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, really just need something to, uh, keep my, you know, keep myself sane and, uh, resolution, I guess I'd say that uh, was more easy to obtain than just, uh, dedicating at least one portion of my day to Buffalo flavored food. Um, (laughs) I made it like and that, you know that just tells you how 2020 sucked. Like I made it all the way until the 29th of February, successfully. Wow. Yeah, I uh, it's it's an interesting time, especially with uh, movies right now, because I I mean I've only ever seen one movie since the pandemic ended. Well, and I'm not gonna say ended. I'm you know the yeah right. I, right, I was writing a blog it's today. Began. Right. I was writing a blog today complaining about my, quote-unquote, libertarian co-worker, and they didn't say say anything, uh, despite they were sitting right next to me, but I don't know. They watched so many videos reinforcing their ideas that I don't know if they can read, but that's... (laughs) Yeah. I only went and saw Spiral, and there were only three people in the theater. It was the last show in Champaign, so... Spiral from the book of Saw, Chris Rock, uh, yeah. yeah, produces a uh, Saw movie. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, could have leaned a little more into the com the comedic elements of Chris Rock, especially when you got him acting against Sam Jackson. But uh, it, it's <laughs> it, it's a it's a horror movie, so you can't. Yeah, uh, hoping for a sequel just so they can try figuring out how to bring Saw into the Evil Dead type humor. Man. That that's my hopes.
2: <laughs> Movies are getting so
0: connected.
2: You know, in order to enjoy one, you gotta watch seven.
0: Well, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast today, uh, it's called Screen Drafts, and so they come up with the comprehensive uh best of list um for certain genres. And today's episode I was listening to was video game adaptations
2: oh yeah
0: Yeah. so like right right now the list is number 7 Sonic the Hedgehog number 6 Street Fighter number 5 number 4 was Tomb Raider 2018 they're debating number 3 after uh, Detective Pikachu got vetoed (laughs) Uh, shoot let's see Oh, it was uh, Takeshi Miike's Ace Attorney was the fifth movie. So, wow. Yeah, so waiting on the waiting to find out what number three is. The uh, number four movie originally was uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirit Within. That was vetoed. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's just those guys trying to talk to me about many video game movies they could stand. Yeah. <laughs> but what they were getting at was, I think we're to the point, like, Tomb Raider did well enough, I think, internationally to warrant another sequel at the uh, Alicia Vixlander. Vickland, yeah, but it's basically the thought is that if it's not established IP, and you are putting say a hundred million dollars behind it, you are not going to make it. It's the <laughs> because the audience, the audience is just not familiar with anything that's not IP anymore.
2: Yeah there does uh it's risky gotta be to make a video game you know
0: well i i wouldn't even well (laughs) to make a good video game movie is a uh tough proposition but a video game movie is more likely to be made though than say uh indiana jones uh the raiders of lost ark today yeah so sure. that that's what they were getting at it's like yeah um, okay i mean when you look back at it i think the going all the way back to 2000 uh, like 1999 you had the matrix i mean 1999 is regarded as one of the best years in movies i mean you had fight club um american beauty right um american history x's release there's that was movie. released the same year as fight club I believe so like right at the right, like right at the end for the Oscar bait. Wow. Then, uh, and I think when you look at uh, eventual IP, yeah, uh, Forrest Gump 94. Oh, geez. Sorry. No, somebody brought up today. John Travolta was originally offered Forrest Gump. What? Yeah. I don't buy it. I mean, (laughs) John Travolta had (laughs) no, no value in 1994. He had value yeah. in he had value in
2: 1995. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, I I was thinking this is kind of way off subject, but
0: but we haven't really even gotten to the subject yet. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, no, no kidding. Um that uh Matthew Broderick uh was heavily being considered to play Walter White. Breaking Bad.
0: Oh, that yeah. uh that could have been, well, I'd see it playing out just the same as, uh, oh, shoot, Bryan Cranston. I mean, Bryan Cranston oh, yeah. was solely known for comedy, and Matthew Broderick's solely known for just being wholesome.
2: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I there's a part of me that would love to see a version of, of Breaking Bad with, with uh, Matthew Broderick that...
0: Yeah, I would say the only issue is turn of the century. Matthew Broderick still had that kind of that eighties baby fat on him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd I'd go with Brian Cranston because he looked like a normal person.
2: Oh yeah, if I had to choose, would yeah, Brian Cranston. But I still would love to see that alternate version, or maybe just the pilot episode. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I could I could do
0: I could see a pilot, but. I yeah. mean, Aaron. It's like Aaron Paul. I mean, he's. I mean, he was. You wouldn't really. Yes, but I'm just saying yeah. you wouldn't really be able to. So, are we sure Matthew brought <laughs> like Matthew Broderick's the mentor in this one? <laughs> yep. I think would be the issue.
2: <laughs> Can he grow some facial hair? Uh,
0: yeah, but then <laughs> he'd end up shaving his Hold head. The shave of the head may may be able to do it for Broderick. You at least buy the cancer thing. You definitely buy the cancer thing with that.
2: Yeah. Just the more you think about it, the more you like. Oh, that'd be so interesting, right? (laughs) To see him play that role.
0: Well, I was my coworker who brought up, oh, John Travolta was up for Forrest Gump. It's like he was also talking about, um, oh, showing his like. I don't know if you can really show a nine-month-old anything. But he was uh, putting on um, Stuart Little uh, for his kid, and it's kind of like, why hasn't Michael J. Fox done more voice acting? I guess because I don't know. I, I mean, he still works, but I think he's pretty much dedicated solely to the Parkinson cause. I, I saw him at a uh, Wizard World con up in Chicago. He was uh, doing a panel for. Uh, back to the future it was uh leah leah thompson christopher lloyd oh, yeah. and and matthew broderick and bob oh, gale I'll... bob gale the producer did an introduction video and said don't ask about sequels or we reboots we're not doing it oh my god so and of course oh. some 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 twat did ask that and <laughs> the next year i went and uh or maybe next the next year i don't know uh tom wilson or tom wilson was the uh was a guest at wizard world you know some some guy had the nerve to say oh you know leah thompson and all the right moves was nude yeah i don't know why are we like (laughs) why are we asking for his judgment uh on that one (laughs) Uh, yeah please yeah (laughs) but uh i i'd actually met tom wilson when i was working for the mark twain hotel i used to uh Drive the uh, comics to the uh, jukebox comedy club. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I got the like Tom Wilson was my first dri- first ride, and I think yeah. we successfully can transition because uh, I did end up driving uh, Tom Green a couple nights oh. to the uh, jukebox from the Mark Twain, and oh. Tom, and Tom Green gets the top billing in the movie we're going to talk about tonight, which is Heck yeah uh Stealing Harvard from 2002 um and uh yeah it's it's a fun flick it's an interesting <laughs> flick it, it's an interesting flick <laughs> um okay so um like the first like i saw it in 02 in the theater and yeah i yeah. had i had fun but it's just a movie that something always kind of feels off and i think i may have... really well i mean one Bruce McCullough from The Kids in the Hall. His direction is definitely lacking. I mean, I I'm an aspiring filmmaker. I have my pro wrestling zombie comedy, Made of the Dead, which I'm still trying to get to a stage where I think I could do a Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I I knew some of those rules. Like um, when we're looking at the scene where Jason Lee's sister is showing the home video of prove as evidence that he promised right. promised to pay for college it's like okay who's shooting the video
2: and and who they pause the video you yeah know? and then he, she goes oh the part's coming up my favorite part right and then it just goes back to the video it's like who unpaused the video
0: yeah it's like
2: and definitely who shot who shot the
0: right and you and you see that kind of just not knowing where he's got to be um in the in the robbery scene in the uh liquor store robbery scene um uh, probably the bank robbery scene so i think that kind of at least sets the premise of the movie it's jason lee is has uh successfully made thirty thousand dollars I would say he made the money because his fiance is running a gift basket business out of their apartment, and even it's a plot point later that motivates our his fiance, played by Leslie Mann, to uh, go as crazy as he does, <laughs> um, and. She is set on getting married and buying that starter home. And in the meantime, his sister uh, played by, I can never remember her name. I don't have the Ma- disc. Megan Mullaney. Thank you. Megan I mean, quite the cougar, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, shoot. Now I'm even forgetting who played Ron Swanson. Oh, shoot.
2: Oh. Um, uh, uh- uh, it, Nick
0: Offerman. yeah Nick Offerman, which is yeah. really sad because he was doing the i worked at the i hotel so I d- had to deal with the uh, high sc- the college graduation when he was yeah. he didn't stay at the hotel and wise decision on his behalf <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a, it's a it's a great conference center but eh, you want to sleep <laughs> don't go there <laughs> um, and so But I mean, there's. You saw his cameo. No, I haven't.
2: Oh, he. Uh, Nick Offerman has a cameo in Stealing Harvard.
0: Oh, Uh, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. I know Paul Feig. Is he one of the electricians?
2: Yep. Okay, (laughs) because I know
0: Paul Feig was the other electrician. Yeah. So, like that was something I caught. Um, I caught Paul Feig. I didn't catch Nick Offerman, but he had (laughs) to be. He had be. To be demustached, right? I
2: think so. I think he was one of the last guys to leave.
0: Okay, then he you may know? have been the third one. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, so his sister's daughter, who not having his parents around, Jason Lee, or not having her dad around, Jason Lee tried to pa- take that paternal role. And after a failed spelling bee, he promised if you get yourself to college, he would pay for it. And of course yeah. she gets to Harvard gets accepted to Harvard. And of course, even after all the financial aid, it's $30,000 a year. Yeah. So now yeah. Jason Lee. Ha- yes. <laughs> uh, as long as she's not getting an art degree, I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> like, that's the biggest problem. It's like, do we really have to be offering these degrees?
2: How I mean, how, many, <laughs> no
0: how many how many art classes did Leonardo da Vinci take? That's all I'm gonna say. Bada bing, bada boom. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh that reminds me, I just was playing around with my Zoom recorder and a rim shot is a so, is a default sound on that. Oh. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, we'll be ha- we'll have having fun when it's when I can really when we can really travel around. <laughs> Okay, yeah. But um so he doesn't really have any idea on how to get it so he goes to his uh schizophrenic borderline <laughs> definitely borderline personality disorder friend portrayed by Tom Green and yeah. which is not a stretch for Tom Green. When I was driving around, very very cool guy, but you can tell he's always on.
2: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um, yeah one of those yeah um so basically if he's always doing weird stuff he's got to have a good idea and it's basically jason lee going through and trying to chase these ideas none of them end up well in the meantime leslie Mann's father played by legendary actor dennis farina yeah is stalking him John C. McGinley is the police officer assigned to all these cases. Yeah. And Richard Jenkins is hilarious. <laughs> we'll just yeah. say, we'll say that without the. I mean, we're, we're obviously going to spoil that bit. You can't. Yeah. It, but we'll leave it hanging. The so, judge. yes, the judge. Okay.
2: Yeah. Oh, wait. That's a huge
0: right that's well i mean we just said the judge we haven't said the details on okay
2: okay okay, yeah
0: yeah. so uh, (laughs) so yeah that's where the movie goes and um like like all movie this is your typical movie from 2000 to 2002 before 9-11 happened and we had to take things a little more seriously or uh you know just be a little more aware i guess right um so i think the uh working title for the film was called uncle really uh yeah if you sit if you sit if you sit through all the credits they they show the blooper reel or alternate take reel and you see the clapper board and it's always saying uncle written on them oh my god that's cool yeah i didn't know that I, I don't know um, why I don't know why they had to take blue harvest type <laughs> security. Yeah. So, um. but um, <laughs> yeah. So that that sets up the movie. Um, and I mean, it, as I say, it's your standard two early two thousand fair, uh, like movies. I mean, another what, what mo- was
2: that one guy? Penn?
0: I'm sorry. Um, uh, Chris Penn. He's a pen yeah Chris, Chris Penn. Penn right Penn. He's, yeah yeah Sorry. and uh, Martin Starr right uh, yeah Martin, <laughs> Martin Starr is the liquor store clerk yeah um so a lot of big names
2: in that movie like, yeah they weren't big
0: names at the time time right no yeah. um Leslie Mann obviously that was before you know um her husband Judd yeah Judd Apatow really started you know Probably got over cancer and started really uh, busting his ass.
2: <laughs> yeah, making his own stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, you know, we didn't really get, uh, I think, no- <laughs> knocked up until 2005,
2: 2006. Yeah. Um, uh, 2005.
0: Right. You did have the sitcoms, though. Um, Freaks and Peaks. Right. Right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, is pretty much. I mean, that that show is pretty much the Saturday night, Saturday Night Live of uh, yeah of um television of uh, movies right now. I guess you'd say because I don't. Really? Think, well, I mean, you look at the cast. Um, oh yeah, you know, it's just like they all ended up having at least one great movie, and right. uh, so that's uh. Yeah,
2: Right. Oh my God. Um. Sorry. Uh, just a side note. Mm-hmm. I'm uh doing this entire call outside. Okay. <laughs> so if you hear a really loud truck going by, oh, uh, that's that's where I am
0: for you. Oh well, no <laughs> no worries. The uh, AC is shut off here. Windows are still closed, and uh, you know, there's been at least one shooting while I'm living at this apartment complex. It's a big, it's a big apartment complex. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. It was a
2: shooting across the hall. Nothing to do.
0: Well, I do. (laughs) I am getting like $50 off my rent because there is a red stain in my bedroom. I think it, I think it might be too bright to be what I think it could be, but there's also like, carpet just dug out at that point so uh,
2: (laughs) i'm sorry to laugh it's just so
0: what oh (laughs) as i say it's like you know um i i I like the joke i'm all about uh you know the um struggle of the poorer man as long as they don't take it out on me
2: (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) good
0: that um so, well, uh... So, um. There's just a lot of early 2000 tells about this movie. Like, it's a definitely a offspring knockoff. But when you think of other just no risk comedies made in that time frame, like, uh. I think Tomcats with mm jerry o'connell that one actually has an offspring song (laughs) so yeah (laughs) um, and every every movie from that year has party hard uh from 2001 to 2002 thrown in there at some point (laughs) i mean i i don't know how you're right yeah oh it's it's yeah when they were trying to escape and tom green is of you know effectively being raped by the
1: uh, uh
0: dog dog yeah so, yeah, so, I, you know, first thing, though, going into this, uh, when you chose this movie, it's like, yeah, Jason's, Jason Lee, he's got My Name is Earl, but I can't really say he's ever made a big splash theatrically.
2: Yeah, um, I think there was another one he did.
1: Love yeah,
2: me. not even like uh, Henry Poole is here. All that. Current, like more serious ones,
0: yeah. Didn't even get. Well, I look at his it, 2003 with a guy thing and uh, Dreamcatcher, Dreamcatcher, yeah. Uh, which was pretty much sold on at least theatrically. Oh, yeah, we're gonna have an animatrix cartoon before it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I he, I mean, and he. You look at his, you know, up there. He's always had at least one great movie a year. Uh, Ninety six.
2: You might uh, be forgetting Alvin and the Chipmunks.
0: Oh, no, I think that's that's when it all all like. <laughs> um, funny, I was working for the McDonald's customer, the National McDonald's customer response hotline. Uh, yeah. At uh, during the chipwrecked era. Oh God. Yeah. And, and so one, I got my training officer who actually went to the same high school, same class as my older sister, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you didn't really know my older sister. She doesn't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but otherwise we were um, selling the um so by the time I got on the floor, uh accepting uh calls, I get at least two calls talking about um a Simon toy. That uh, would smolder. Okay. Yeah. And okay, you want us to send you a replacement Simon toy? Yeah, that will be suffice. And nobody, <laughs> and, and and nobody got hurt by this flaming toy. Oh no, nobody. And it's
2: like, this is true. Yeah, it was, it was smolder. What what was the
0: something? So I don't know a battery or wiring issue. I don't know, but. Two calls at the very least of a smoldering Simon from Simon the uh, from Alvin the Chipmunks. Wow! And you know, I brought it. I brought it up to management twice, and like, did anybody get hurt? Yeah, this is some Fight Club bullshit right here.
1: (laughs)
2: No kidding.
0: I mean, A Uh, plus B plus C equals X, and X X is X is less than the cost of of a recall. recall, Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah we've the, all watched movies
0: oh yes no <laughs> we wouldn't we okay. wouldn't be here if that was the uh if it wasn't the case
1: Wait.
0: oh but what re- sorry oh no i think that Real- was just a just a rant on the chipmunks and
2: i want to I want to know what that simon doll did like would, oh. would it talk I, you
0: know? I i think they all talked i mean it's not like we i mean it, it's crazy because it was um all part of HGS, so yeah, like I whenever, yeah. I think we. I think <laughs> if you're, if you didn't, if you didn't get a bachelor's degree somewhere, you ended up at a g HG, HGS for, yeah, at, at least uh, two months.
2: <laughs> it's regimented. Yes. you got to work there. Right. <laughs> you put in your hours. <laughs> hey, I actually got fired there for going to a enroll But uh, oh, when... <laughs> actually, um, <clears throat> my ex-wife at the time, her, uh, her grandfather died,
0: oh. and then her
2: grandma died two days right. later.
0: Yeah, I've yeah I've had yeah. that happen in my life with great grandparents. So
2: yeah, it was, it was just one of those things where she was like, okay, well, no reason to live anymore, you know, yeah. and then. And uh, so I went to two funerals, and they were like, uh, we think you're lying about this. Oh, jeez. And, no, uh, oh, man, I had two funerals to go to. Yeah. it's. Yeah, it didn't end. Well, I, I was able to gather unemployment.
0: Well, that's that's good. I
2: proved. Yeah. <laughs> funerals oh. were legit.
0: Yep. Oh, well, it's. I think a lot of times when you get, uh, like, how long were you at HGS?
2: Uh, five years.
0: Yeah, no, I think that was more or less. You were making too much money for somebody who's like, if you're not a lead operator or a uh, team team leader, I think it's kind of like me at the truck stop. Yeah, something that happened frequent times. People scamming our got our clerks. It was, um. No, they wouldn't fire, that fire them, but I was there for six years making as much money as I was during my brief management stay there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I think they, there's no such thing as Super Pantry anymore, as far as I can tell. So I think I'm the winner there. Yeah. So. <laughs> so nope. Kind of cool. I I'm was all, just. I'm all about the shot in Florida.
2: I was just reliving this. Um, this. Uh, I don't know. This is on topic, whatever. Mm. Um, uh, it's. I used to work for a metal fabrication uh, facility. Yeah. And I, and uh, they, uh, I, I got fired because I refused to work after I clocked out.
0: Oh, jeez. And,
2: and I. Well, not only that is when you when you clocked in. If you if you clocked in like fifteen minutes early, they wouldn't count.
0: Yeah,
2: it, it would it would round up.
0: Oh, geez. which
2: I don't know how that is legal in I... any <laughs> any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, no, I I know with HGS you had you know you would still get the. Full quarter hour. If you're, oh if you yeah, at least get eight minutes in, right? Right, and yeah. oh, they they would frown upon you clocking in early, but they couldn't. Yeah. You know, all they could do is warn you and say, "Yeah, we'll discipline you."
2: Yeah, it's uh, not a good system. Yeah, uh, but but uh, they shut down. Okay, <laughs> the metal fabrication place. So I feel really good about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah. Thanos and balance, man. <laughs>
2: <That's cool. laughs> nice.
0: So, but yeah, they're just. Uh, it's not supposed to be about us. It's supposed to be about, uh, Jason Lee and Tom Green and. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's really. I don't know. Like I hated Freddy Got Fingered, so it was tough you, for you the guy, guys to bring me out to see this one.
2: <laughs> I I recently like uh campaigned about Freddy Got Fingered and I was like that movie was way before its time and then I was like I'm going to watch it you know just to make sure I know what I'm talking about Yep, I didn't I didn't know what I was talking about <laughs> it is still deeply disturbing like I find the, the scenes with that little kid like his the, his neighbor kid
1: mm-hmm.
2: just I I have too much empathy I know it's fake I know the blood is fake, but I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, ah, oh, this is yeah too much.
0: Um, Yeah, but in the meantime, a podcast I have uh, bad blood with down in Champagne. Ah, man, I there's a reason why I call myself Harshside as my last name on Facebook, besides trying to make sure it'd be tougher to find me when prospective employers wow (laughs) Uh, i mean but i mean that's and i and i get it podcasts are done by people for themselves i'm not right i'm not gonna disillusion so i can understand being upset if somebody's if you perceive somebody's ruining your dream (laughs) yeah i mean a correction uh, i mean me i was a failed i mean i was a professional child model didn't work any but i had an agent <laughs> okay. i i i think a video game idea was stolen <laughs> stolen of mine but i wrote that video game when i was 14 years old in pencil and then sent it off <laughs> uh, what was the idea uh i say it's dead or alive okay yeah wow really? i didn't really think about it till dead or alive 2 was being talked about as the next great fighting game for the dreamcast and and then I'm like, why, why is this ringing? <laughs> so I, so I came over <laughs> the, crazy. yeah, as I say, I can't prove it. So yeah. I don't, you yeah, know.
2: I, I had an idea for a video game when I was uh, younger uh, called Celebrity State Tiny Town. And it's, uh, the whole concept is like, you're, you start as a celebrity. You know, it's kind of like Tony Hawk. In okay. Different areas yeah but uh each area would progressively get smaller and smaller so you're like <laughs> skating through a straw you know like on a burger right and, uh but it gets smaller and smaller but you would be a celebrity and then uh Tony Hawk kind of did that so yeah I mean I, I
0: whatever, well that could, as I say, I actually sent my my idea to the op- American offices of Tecmo.
2: <laughs> okay. So yeah, I I wrote mine in a notebook.
0: Yeah. No, I so <laughs> oh it was it, hey it's not that far removed as I said I took the pages out and mailed them. Yeah. I had a thing from Nintendo Power listing all the addresses of the offices of American distributors. Yeah. So uh sega actually sega actually sent me uh contracts to uh surrender my idea and then they said yeah no a power rangers we can't you don't have the license to that and your street wow. your street hockey game is not original it's like uh, <laughs> i i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah again
2: there is the poker game
0: right so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and i think that speaks to a lot of the uh 2000 early 2000 movies uh we're i think we're still trying to cat like american pie hit it big and i thought and it was basically we're gonna try recapturing the early 80s uh frat boy comedy i think to an extent um i like i've been looking for a copy of road trip since you brought up stealing harvard like I'm not okay, gonna re yeah. I'm not gonna rewatch Freddy Got Fingered, but Road Trip, I mean yeah. this is the guy who did the Joker or so or did Joker, yeah. so like yeah I'll give that a rewatch. Can't cool. find, yeah yeah could not find it at like two disc replays or mega replays, but have you. Yeah. I would figure that would be one of those one dollar movies, like everybody bought it and now they're just trying to get rid of all the copies they paid a quarter for. So some reason road trip's hard to find. Um so this is uh but I I think maybe Freddie got fingered kind of corrected things. Like uh <laughs> well, we, yeah, we know we can't do that again.
2: <laughs> well, I think the thing I liked about Freddie Got Fingered, like is what I like a lot, you know, like when I make my it
0: yes and i feel tom, like tom green was great on his mtv show <laughs> yeah well, i mean I, I i i brought up that other podcast because they were raving about freddie got fingered and it's like whoa yeah. no no <laughs>
2: <laughs> well see the thing is I, I liked it uh i think there was a certain scene i had in mind when i was campaigning for freddie got fingered was uh Probably one of the first scenes when um, he uh, sees those guys like um, inseminating the horse. They're like collecting the sample or whatever. And he walks in, like runs up. I think he's eating a sandwich really hard, (laughs) you know? And then he just runs up and just grabs it. You know, like, look at me, daddy. Yeah. I think it's absurd, but if you think about being a film crew and they're like, and action, and he uh. goes and does that, that's the funniest thing. Like, yeah, the well, funniest thing to me is the ideas behind filming. it. <laughs> you know, like, what is happening here? Like, <laughs> are we it's... really pointing a lens at this big horse's dick for him to grab it <laughs> like that's what we're doing right now
0: <laughs> well to uh tom green's curve cuz i believe he directed freddie got fingered
2: yeah and they gave him full full uh,
0: yeah full I've...
2: creative control over it
0: right um at least he tops the ad by the, the uh gag by the end uh, yeah going, going from the horses to
2: to the to the elephant, elephant at
0: the yeah end. yeah yes.
2: yeah so i'm full circle it, yeah no, it, and... <laughs> yeah 12 I,
1: years old, right,
0: right. It's <laughs> just, um the point of the matter is and i think this may have been a hindrance and this is why jason lee you know didn't is going to be best known for my name is earl and, mm-hmm. may, and maybe brody uh brody from mall rats because we Oh yeah, could care less about Banky, which is a little homophobic, but I digress. Um, <laughs> it, well, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's uh, these guys who are perpetual supporting actors. Yeah, and uh, Tom Green especially, and I think Freddie got fingered. Like, okay, yeah, no, no, we gotta. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, and he's and man. he's and he's good. He like and this is the big thing about um, uh, stealing Harvard is that it takes a while to warm up. I think. Yeah, I, like it's just his character. Oh, I think a lot of characters. Leslie Mann's character, Dennis Farina. It's like, well, anybody can play the overprotective father. I want a little bit thuggy, dirty cop. From Dennis yeah. Farina, uh, and it, it it gets out there, but it's like you yeah. gotta go, you gotta get through this first act. <laughs> yeah. And well, what, and once you get through it, it's like I think it's uh co- the the comedy is solid. Yeah, so. I
2: I think I think when I first saw stealing Harvard, I had been aware of the Tom Green show, and I think the first time I saw him, like. You know, on screen, I was like, oh, wow, they found a way to contain him, you know, or to utilize him properly, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so I feel like, I feel like stealing Harvard was the perfect vehicle for Tom Green
1: Uh, because
2: of, I mean, that that scene, I quote this all the time when, when he's in the band. And uh, he goes and picks up uh, Jason Lee's character, John.
0: Yeah, he's
1: honking
2: the horn. You
0: yeah. know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, he's revving the engine.
0: The engine, yeah, revving the engine. You're waking everybody <laughs> up.
1: You're waking everybody up.
0: And then he's he goes, a ca- he's <laughs> an he's <laughs> an asshole. Oh, did you Cass- say casserole? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I said
2: you, Cass- <laughs> yeah. That gag, dude like uh, <laughs> it's perfect like so well timed i i love it yeah but i i don't know i was that was like my prime you know like when, when that movie came out it was like when i was first discovering comedy you know and
0: well i, I imagine you're probably 10 years my junior i'm 41 so
2: okay well i'm only six uh, five years younger
0: okay so yeah and well i i've got i've got a six i got a brother who's six years younger so yeah i okay. can i can kind of relate to where you're coming from on that because i think it's actually my little brother like who showed me this movie right right no so, um yeah
2: yeah and uh, I'm trying to think of there's so many great lines
0: i oh
2: I think. yeah well, I... <laughs> the um What's the cop's name?
0: Um, uh, the actor's John C. McGinley.
2: Yeah, John C. McGinley. That that entire toothbrush uh, when he's beating on his desk. Uh, I, yeah, it's the same. I mean, from the same the
1: scene. Yeah, yeah. and then it's the
2: toothbrush. Yeah, to where he's pounding on the desk. Don't touch my door.
1: Yes,
0: yeah, so <laughs> yeah, no. Get I up, mean, get, out,
2: get up! Get up! Get yeah. up! it's it's every
0: it's everything you like again it's what you wanted from a like yeah you, I, I hate typecasting but you wanted dennis freeman to be dirty you wanted you <laughs> right. wanted john c mcginley to end up being his scrubs character you know right 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 um and it, and it was it all, post-scrub uh, i think it was during yeah okay that makes sense uh, two thousand two, yeah. I don't. I think. Well, I don't know. Scrubs made it was a lot. a long time. Yeah. I mean, I keep. I'm a big Donald phase. Like <laughs> primarily, Robot Chicken, Donald on stuff there with Breckenmeyer. That's another. Yeah, yeah. That's another convention story. Going to uh, see uh, Clueless reunion with Alicia Silverstone, Paul Rudd, Donald oh. Faison, and Brecken Meyer. Like. <laughs> I mean, Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just it. I just regret, but I don't know, I can't regret buying a customized lightsaber, but I could have probably bought a couple of Funko Pops from Voices they do on Robot Chicken, Breckenmeyer Breck and, and Donald Faison and <laughs> paid for the yeah. aut- autographs at the same price. So, <sighs> well,
2: you know, yeah. I was thinking about Paul Rudd today and just his sense of humor.
0: Oh, I mean, he. I, after seeing the trailer today for Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's kind of like uh, his his sense of humor better be on because. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I I saw like the only thing I've seen from the movie otherwise was the marshmallow like safe off marshmallow guys coming to life in a in, yeah. a, in a Walmart <laughs> doing Gremlins type shit to each other, <laughs> and I thought oh, I did right. see that. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be gold. And then at the this, watching the trailer today, it's a little too dramatic, but I think that's probably for the better. Um, because it looks like it's going to be like Egon's granddaughter, and like it's taking yeah. place in the middle of you know the flyover states, basically, because that's where the apocalypse was going to happen, and Egon was preparing for it. Um, but I see one of the one of the dogs chasing Paul Rudd out of the Walmart. By the end of it so (laughs) okay yeah so i'm definitely gonna see it but it's like this this could this could they it's a slippery slope i didn't mind ghostbusters 2016 um yeah ill-advised but you know i didn't mind
2: it either yeah i was kind of i i saw it in theater and i was like yeah that was cool i -hmm. just kind of remembered I remembered being like, I love Kate McKinnon. Yeah. I, I love all of these actresses mm. and they're going to be great together. Yeah. And I feel like they were like, all right, let's sit down and let's do Rama Right. The entire time. Yeah. And, and then build the story around that. Right. You know, that's how it felt to me. And like, well, it just seems unconnected, you know, like, disconnect
0: yes right i will say that you have to give any movie where bill murray gets killed a chance
2: (laughs) yep that's true
0: zombie land groundhog's day um the
2: one where he was wanting to bury himself
0: oh jeez i i mean there's so many so many main right so many bill murray movies i haven't seen i i have uh whatever it's called i found that at a disc replay um mad dog i mean it's got de niro in it as well saint vincent Saint, vincent. saint Vi- oh saint vincent i haven't seen it Love i that. know i know that was the inf the uh famous oh this was actually an idea like if you can get the phone number to his voicemail story
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And he was great in that role. There's a lot of nice. there's a lot of dialogue when he's in the bar that kind of like hit home or they're just delivered and every everyone else in the scene delivers it to where it's like that felt like a real conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, anybody like I'm not saying Jim Jeremish uh, is uh batting a thousand with his movies, but if you're put if you're putting one of his movies, you're I think that's a badge of honor. Like the yeah, guy, the
1: already.
0: guy, the guy knows talent.
2: So yeah, that's um, cool. yeah. Uh, back to one of Paul Rudd. Right? Have you seen? Um, they came together.
0: No, I have not.
2: Oh my god! Dude. I mean it. It was my, right. it
0: was it was my shameful iTunes purchase this week. Like, oh, Red Wet Hot in American Summer? I haven't seen that, but eight bucks, sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: no kidding. There's um there's a movie, uh they came together. It's Paul Rudd and uh Amy Poehler. Okay,
0: I'm I'm kinda recalling it, but I couldn't tell you the name still.
2: So. I it's directed by the same guy who did Wet Hot, David. Okay. Yeah. Um and uh I just can't get it out of my head. There's so many, it's so over the top. It's like, it's almost like not another teen movie, kind of, but not. It's how you would do a movie, like not another teen movie.
0: Okay.
1: Like
2: (laughs) that's
0: a lot. So we've come from, so he's got, he's kind of getting that parody down. I mean, I, I remember the movie called The Ten.
2: Oh yeah. The 10 dude. Yeah. Oh my God.
0: Which is hit dude. and miss. Like it's a good it, anthology.
2: Yeah. There's some of those stories that are, I, I remember the first time I saw that movie, I just wasn't stitches.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I was, it. I wasn't that far. Like, I guess, I mean, it was an interesting rental weekend. Cause I think I rented a, another movie called flakes with, a. uh, uh Zoe Dashnell is the reason you'd rent it. Um, but but uh, it's like Christopher, so it's like Christopher Lloyd's running a um, cereal shop, and like okay. you can buy classic bags of cereal because you know if it's in the bag it's fine. So mm-hmm. if you want some vintage yummy mummy, you're all right. Uh, and yeah. then and <laughs> then somebody opens some you know yuppie waspy kid. <laughs> decides to like oh i can't buy your cereal shop i'll open one across the street <laughs> and okay. and because of a relationship and Christopher Lloyd's the owner of the original and right it's being man and the manager is Zoe Dashnell's boyfriend and because he won't let her work there she turn you know goes and betrays him there so funny funny uh-huh. movie about cereal <laughs>
2: And i'm gonna check that out yeah it it's called flakes butter.
0: uh yeah. yeah that's one i've been meaning to check out i, I like everybody butter? says that's the jennifer gardner uh magna opus
2: <laughs> it really is she's so great in that mm. but <laughs> butter, such yeah. a weird movie to exist in.
0: But it was a it was a weird time um the early uh 2010s because you still had you had movies like bernie with jack black Ooh, you know. yeah i
2: love that movie
0: yeah
2: that, that's a true story though.
0: yes i i yeah, yeah. it's just um I, I it. mm, <laughs> so yeah. yep so so as i say i guess my you know My issue with the movie uh, stealing Harvard taking so long to warm up is just basically my argument why I'm not a Harry Potter fan. It's (laughs) like, okay, I saw and all right, I'm I was 21 when Sorcerer's Stone came out. No, I didn't read the book. Yes, I faked my way through my literature at ICC as my primary focus for my English associates. Uh, Yeah, but. Um, it's kind of like I'm not saying Sorcerer's Stone was not a good movie it's just it was so derivative of everything I've seen beforehand yeah. I, I, I wasn't interested so and it's like oh no no it doesn't really pick up till the third movie and it's like yeah. okay stealing Harvard I had to put up with 20 minutes of build right. before it starts rolling in his bloody gold you're yeah. telling me I gotta sit through another two and a half hour movie five hours for this this thing to get rolling. I think I'll just enjoy the ride at Universal
2: <laughs> yeah I, I'm trying to remember if the first scene of feeling Harvard is uh is narration uh
0: so, so they so it opens with that crappy punk song over the credits yeah and then it's him uh, walking to the walking to the track. Yeah, with the 30, uh, 30 to one shot. Yeah, uh, called me lady, I like, and uh,
2: <laughs> I feel like they wanted to use that song, you know. But like they could have just put the credits over that scene, you know. Yeah.
0: Like oh, okay. well, you do that though, <laughs> then you're at a, you're only at 80, 80 minutes. You're almost running too short because yeah, like, you get. Th- you add on the runtime, I'm presuming the three minutes of bloopers and such was added to your, is was tacked on to the runtime. I think the movie re- clocks in at an hour 27. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm all about short movies. Obviously, that's the entire point of this podcast. Stuff you could actually shove yeah. into a two-hour time slot on TV Bloody S. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a it's still weird when you ask me about movies. I feel like I haven't been watching movies all that much. I've been watching a lot of T V.
0: Well like, I can totally I can totally relate to it and I and it's it's sad as somebody who again has wrote uh if you want to find out my about my script for uh, main event of the dead my pro wrestling zombie comedy send an email <laughs> to rustthebus the bus zero seven at gmail.com. dot com r u s s t h e b u s zero seven at gmail.com. all right um <laughs> film film has always been my medium because I think like I was I was on the Andy Kaufman philosophy when it came to sitcoms okay. Like, it's just the lowest form of entertainment. Yeah. Like you got some brilliant ones. I mean, animated sitcoms are usually, I mean, family guy is pretty derivative, but the jokes are there at least the Simpsons, but you know, Simpsons may have been around for 20 years too long, but you can just sit and watch a Simpsons episode. And yeah, it's, it's situational comedy I mean, it's really not that, you know.
2: Have you seen, this might be off topic, but it's it's totally on topic. Have you seen Kevin himself?
0: I have, um, I'm aware of it. I have not watched it. Uh, oh my God. My wife and I, we, we watched the first
2: six episodes, I think, are out right now. Mm-hmm. And it just eviscerates the idea of, uh, a, a
0: situational sitcom. comedy yeah
2: yeah and like the laugh track is it's like droning no. and it makes you really understand like it, i think it's so important for people to watch heaven can himself and then reflect on so many sitcoms you know like it's almost like uh well what happens in, in the show is like You'll have it set up like a sitcom. The laugh track is there. Yep. You know, and she'll like this scene will happen and it's funny. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a funny scene like you know, that you would normally laugh at and it's like a little bit, you know, like higher quality than regular sitcom. Oh you know yeah. That. It's a really good joke. And then all of a sudden she walks into the other room and it's not sitcom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, showing how how these situations are actually affecting her, and they're not fun. You know, yeah. they're they're oh. she's not a background character. Yeah, and it is so important. You know, like to to watch, something like that, especially. Oh,
0: so, um, I mean, I'm definitely down for that. I mean, if you if you're in the MCU, I, it's probably why. I, I could uh, get past the first two episodes of um, WandaVision.
2: WandaVision?
0: Yeah. Because yeah. you have to I, be, like, I, I like the fact that it really was, like, very aware that, yeah, you can't have situational comedy if you're trying to actually develop characters.
2: Right, exactly. Um, I watched all of WandaVision, and mm-hmm. I, I remember saying to my wife, when I started watching Kevin, so it is uh This is the show WandaVision wishes that it could be.
0: Oh no, I I, <laughs> I could, well, WandaVision's still tied to a <laughs> tied to a cinematic universe, but I will say um, right. I do appreciate the fact that uh, Disney is cutting down on runtimes. Yeah. I mean, Matt, I I love the Mandalorian, and I love the fact that, you know, hey, there's a 40-minute... It's Oh, that episode was only 40 minutes. Right. <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Let's let's just get, yeah, get to point A to point B and go from there. Uh, it's I not do that, like
2: that format. Yeah. Just you finish the story, and then the story is done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I still gotta finish up Winter Soldier, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier. Why Sebastian Stan gets top bill, I don't know. Racism, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. In the meantime, my mom's bitching about, oh, Disney's being too inclusive. Like, okay, <laughs> what? Yeah,
2: like, there's no such thing as
0: too too inclusive. <laughs> inclusive. Yes, I, I know, I know. I mean, I didn't say that. that's honestly it's the biggest problem with with uh with uh my coworker at work like watching stuff like no this is the crap that finally inspired me to move out of my parents' house. Don't I don't <laughs> need to I don't Are you trying to make me go back to Bloomington? <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully okay. move into my little brother's house in Peoria before it gets sold like right. Yeah. Um so it's so as I say, I'm I'm from that from that the Kaufman theory, and I think Kaufman would have probably a uh, show I couldn't get into too deep was kidding with Jim Carrey.
2: Oh yeah, and yeah.
0: that was more or less well. Yeah, this is genuine mental problems. And my ex girlfriend, she does a lot for this podcast. Um, Allie, who has a Allie's accessory shop on Etsy, uh, she brings me like three videos a week as i say we're not dating <laughs> uh, yeah you know and um for the pod i hope she stops after she gets the Z on this <laughs> yeah um but uh like when you're i think i think it's a scary series because so many people are actually dealing with or finally accepting that oh we have mental problems
2: <laughs> right
0: yeah exactly. so, right so um yeah, so I mean, I I didn't really watch My Name Is Earl, I guess, when it came, because of, and that's that's unfair cuz I mean, for me cuz the cast and I it I guess with My Name Is Earl, it had a point. The character yeah, won the lottery and lost the ticket and he's just trying to make amends until the ticket finally ends up back with him.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I I I don't think in his mind he was like So the techie comes
0: back, right? But it's about karma and making things right, and it's all going to pay off in the end, which is kind of like what steal, um, stealing Harvard is. I mean, by the end of it, like, yeah, I nearly rob a bank, a liquor store, (laughs) my dad's business, I mean, my father in law's business, yeah. But it was all meant for you know, it was just meant to happen, yeah.
2: And it was all for
0: a good purpose, right? I
2: mean,
0: maybe be, the, yeah, I mean, if you
2: do it, if, you do the,
0: if you're doing, as long as you, as long as you, what you're doing is for the greater good, the greater yeah. good. Um,
2: Knock over that liquor
0: store, yeah, you know? because <laughs> right. I mean, the greater good, yeah, um, the greater good. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I can't help myself from the hot fuzz. Whatever. <laughs> Hot Fuzz. Yeah, whatever. You... No, no, the movie Hot Fuzz. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Simon Pegg, uh Nick Frost, directed by Edgar Wright. Can't right. wait for, can't wait for his new movie. Uh, what is that called again? Um I, something with Soho. Okay. Yeah. Duncan. I mean oh, right. I do want to see his documentary against the sparks brothers i'll say that too but
2: yeah oh, i forgot about that yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah um so but it was it, the greater good things from hot fuzz whenever the uh once you find out that the uh town the townies are killing off everybody for the greater good. And whenever somebody says the greater good, everybody repeats the greater good. The
2: greater good. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That's so, right. No, you're, you're,
0: you're, Mike, you're, you know, whatever you're doing with your phone, as I say, I'm custom to, so. <laughs>
2: cool, cool. So, I've seen Hot Fuzz, like, once. You mm-hmm. know? Okay, but so, no, I'm not gonna distract any. What are you gonna say?
0: Oh, no, I, I was oh. trying to go through my notes, so. I mean, I that's that's the thing though with uh, Edgar Wright. A lot of people have movies they, aside from Baby Driver, which is on bona fide classic. Nobody can argue the quality of that.
2: Yeah, um, we got the got Pilgrim. Uh,
0: there's people like it. It took a lot of warming up for. <laughs> I think a lot of people. For You? No, I loved it oh. from oh, okay. minute one. Like, why didn't I, I see this in theaters? Like,
2: like I. I was kind of the same way. Uh, My, like, I saw it in theaters. I was like, okay. And then my, I don't know. I was talking to somebody. They're like, this is one of my favorite movies. And I'm like, oh, I'll give it another shot. Like, how did I not love this?
0: Oh, I, it's, yeah. I I see that from a lot. Well, I don't know. Because I've never seen people put up. Because usually it's me trying to show the movie to somebody. Right. And then they're like i don't know what it is that there's a special kind of zone you have to be in like yeah i i'm a video game nut as previously established and the yeah. sad thing the sad thing is i i will buy video games and not have gosh i'll get around to watching all my movies at some point <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I'm ever going to catch up to all my video games and I see the values at resale values, a lot of stuff. And it's like, Oh shit. Am I going <laughs> to yeah. get to actually play this before I go and punt it off for the $70 <laughs> I can get for it. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I was at disc uh, mega replay in Bloomington and it's like, I sold a bunch of DVDs and I'm like, Oh, we can give you $110 in credit. Oh, and some Dreamcast games. Uh, or yeah. we can give you eighty or eighty four dollars cash. I'm not <laughs> yeah, supposed I'm to. Take... I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take the eighty four, and then I walk by and they got a copy of Dynamite Cop on the Dreamcast. Yeah, or, which is basically Die Hard the arcade game. If you ever played that,
2: <laughs> I um, I did not own a Dreamcast.
0: Yeah, that was my first system. Like that was the first. My parents wouldn't let me have a job. Like. School and wrestling are your jobs. Yeah, and then first job I got was actually Caterpillar Warehouse in Morton, and that wow. was like my first big purchase was a Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> I,
2: I was the same way, except my first one—I I mean, it was a long time. So PlayStation Two. Yeah, was my first purchase.
0: Oh, like, right. I have a PlayStation well, like. My primary television's got uh, a, a uh, modified Nintendo sixty four that can play Japanese games. A uh, what they call an FC Twin that plays Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. I also have the yeah. Japanese adapting software or hardware. Sega, Dreamca- <laughs> Sega Dreamcast, Sega um, Dreamcast, PlayStation two, Xbox three hundred and sixty. Um, And a PlayStation, a Wii U and a PlayStation 5, so... Wow. um, Well... Yeah.
2: (laughs) I, I, during the pandemic, like, the start of the pandemic, we we were like, we need a video game system.
0: Oh, good luck with that. My,
1: uh... (laughs) Oh, no, I was... I was put on the
0: hunt for a little, uh, for an N64, uh, for my little brother's pregnant girlfriend, (laughs) so... Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, I found one. for a hundred bucks that was the going price.
2: Like... Ours um we got a Wii and mm-hmm. the only game we had for it was a uh, uh Super Mario Galaxy. Well,
0: that's which, a good one, yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I was like, I'm not we're gonna become experts at this game. And lo and behold, we got we got that one in the sequel mm-hmm. and we played it every day for like five months and we were like all right yeah like we're too good at this game and then uh the only other system we got we finally got a VR,
1: oh
2: and uh and <laughs> get this the only game we like to play on it is poker star <laughs>
1: that so, is
2: it sounds lame but cool. it is the coolest game i've ever played oh I, what... I do a I do a character the whole time. Yeah, you know, and I I have a blast. (laughs) Like that's all I ever want to play.
1: Poker star. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: So yeah. Well, I mean, I still come back to Pokemon. I mean, that's the primary reason I haven't played all the video games. Like, oh yeah, definitely gonna buy buy. Well. If it's not Pokemon, it's usually the WWE games while there's st- the servers are still up, and I can download, create a- wrestlers and everything, um, <laughs> make my KMFDM themed arena. KMFDM. <laughs> hey, yep. Yep. yep uh, let's <laughs> see which what what is my favorite. Um, I mean, I have a tattoo that's supposed to mean uh, kittens make four demonic minions. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um i do love kidnap madonna for drug money
2: wait say that again
0: kidnap madonna for drug money
2: okay that's what the shirt says i i thought the shirt said i do love
0: no kidnap- <laughs> no 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 <I, laughs> <little> yeah. wordy <laughs> oh yeah no it's 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 just a big joke with the with the group i see him whenever they're on tour i mean <laughs> which is kind of again you you pronounce to get the encore you have to say kmf you have to chant kmfdm sucks and it's like they're a little they're a little too aware and on top of that they're a left you know they're a total leftist group yeah and i and i'll go see bands like uh lords of acid and pig and my life the thrill kill called it's like same kind of music but they don't take themselves that seriously
2: <laughs> right that's <laughs> yeah those are the kind of shows you leave with a bloody note
0: right no no they're not no 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 you it's it's weird because you know like at least thrill kill cult i was surprised i saw people um mopping no, no, not really. No, moshing, okay. yeah. I mean, it's industrial metal. I mean, it's long line. I, I would imagine ministry. I hope you'd break your nose. Okay, okay <laughs> but yeah. um, no, it's they're pretty. <laughs> they're pretty calm. I mean, they're pretty calm. I've seen people doing EDM dancing. If you ever seen the movie The Lobster, um, yeah, yeah, you know. And we only listen to EDM because that's the only music you can dance alone to, <laughs> and. You know, it's almost like I think it's uh I think the term in ska is like the dancing is skanking. Yeah. Yeah, and like Be I'm shocked. seeing people. You're right, and I'm seeing people do that, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> you, you realize it's going pretty fast, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm I I, I always get sad because I'm technically gen x and it's like i did not know that wax tracks in Chicago chicago's a thing <laughs> like, or yeah. i did not really know the chicago punk scene before all that punk pop bullshit like i love naked right. ray gun and like oh they're gonna open for arcade fire um no alkaline trio and it's like oh uh yeah i could care less about alkaline trio i understand where their sound came from hey way to reckon I reckon I'm- sorry no go ahead I,
2: I i met alpine trio once and had no clue it was alpine trio
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i have this stand-up bit where i said uh, i recently went to colorado want to know how cool colorado is how cool is colorado colorado is so cool i walked up to the first group of four dudes that i saw and i said oh my god what band are you <laughs> and they said Fleet fox
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but they was just razz. They were, they were mm. actually Mumford. <laughs> 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 I know, true,
0: but. right? But I know way too many people have ended up like Colorado. Weird place. I imagine it's probably a f- cool place right now, but it's like all the people who didn't have the uh, the gas money to make it to Oregon. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking Denver,
0: though, right? Right. right. I mean, no, I, I don't know. I, I think Fort Collins. I mean, they. I think that's uh, Colorado State's all right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I gotta. I got Like my best friend in high school uh, settled in there, and he's like, I mean, he's he's got his doctorate in engineering now. And it's like, yeah. But me and you were the two guys who were gonna do the crazy shit right off the bat like yeah it was uh, (laughs) like I would say like um, like football wise we were both uh, like when it came to taking the onside kick I will at least Mm -hmm. pause and think about it before I charge it charge the football to get it which you're not supposed to do on an onside kick obviously let it go 10 yards I'm sorry.
2: Unless Lucy's holding the ball?
0: Well, from, an on an, on, you know? on an onside kick. You're not kicking it. It's you're on the receiving side. I was on the receiving. Okay. Can side. you
2: edit that out where I <laughs> didn't know anything about football? Oh no 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 no. <laughs>
0: Damn. We All look right. uh, look. As far as I'm concerned, football is is played by teams <laughs> like uh, Newcastle United FC. You have oh, okay. you have groups of fans who may or may not beat up other fans who like to call themselves the gremlins or the firm, like, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, you know, I, yeah. I mean, and I, it, I don't know. I'm a big Anglophile. As they say, I like to use the <laughs> word. I get, like to use the letter Z instead of Z. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm into. Yeah. I mean, I, it was Eddie is who said, um, Oh, I, I understand a lot of your changes, um, in words. I understand getting rid of that U after the O. I mean, you know, there's some words that are still a little strange, like uh, you say herb, we say herb because there's a f- <laughs> an H. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's funny watching you. I like I don't know somehow. Wrestling is bigger in England right now than it is in the States. So, a lot of video, like all the wrestling videos they watch recapping stuff, are shot out of Newcastle or London.
2: (laughs) That is interesting. Uh, England is now like, you know, what we like (laughs) is wrestling.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And it's like, it's kind of sad because they have their own style and it's like they're so desperate for people simulating fights <laughs> yeah
2: because
0: I, I won't oh. use I won't use the F word because <laughs> oh no you know I uh, I got too many concussions and broken bones and fused fused parts of my body <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I don't know I've always been an advocate for professional wrestling over MMA because professional wrestling you should get a great fight every time. <laughs> Yeah, MMA. Yeah, you know, once they, once they, once they brought in all those freaking rules, I should say. Hmm. Like, give me the good old MMA when it's like, you only know one style. <laughs> I hope it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's uh, why, that's why I didn't get into MMA. It's like I am not going to be. I don't think I can be the best Jiu-Jitsu guy. So yeah. no, I'm not going to do that. And then you see how the sport devol- evolved, quote unquote. It's like, oh, you mean I just have to take something from column A, column B yeah, and run out the freaking clock? <laughs> there was no clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. give me the kumite, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, okay, so... Stealing Harbor, trying to look up some stuff on my notes. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's as I say, once the movie gets rolling, everybody's great at it. Leslie Mann is awesome, like, yeah. I thought I was only going to find her sexy as a prostitute in the uh, uh, Bruce Willis movie, um, Last Man Standing, (laughs) which is just Um... that. Take, uh, yeah, it's a uh, last man standing. Uh, it's a uh, just another take on uh, Yojimbo, uh, slash yeah. uh, Fistful of Dollars. Okay, uh, it, it takes place, it's a Bruce Willis movie. I can't remember the director, it takes place in uh, border town in Texas. So in basically, Tim Allen Center, right?
2: no,
0: no, um. No, yeah,
2: in
0: that show Um, So yeah, last. <laughs> sorry, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it and it's honestly, I can't say for a sitcom, it's that bad. It's just that you know, you <laughs> no, know, it's
2: bad. It's,
0: you know, well, I, I I know what. Well, you sadly, it hits its target audience. Like,
1: yeah,
2: I
0: oh. I I hate Twilight with a passion, but when I watch the movie. Because somebody said, "Oh, you got to watch this on my podcast." Yeah, and it's like I hate it with every passion of my being, <laughs> but it does what it's supposed to do, so I can't call it bad.
2: I heard the weirdest thing. My my dad's super uh, conservative, you
0: know. Well, you're, uh, you're, you're what you're you're hailing from Pekin right now, so
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, he told he told told me um uh. I Love this show, Last Man Standing, and uh, get this all the writers are living. And I was like, Well, then you're not watching it correctly, yeah. And... <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, his favorite shows, like The Office, mm-hmm. like, you don't see the parallels, you know. Yeah, like, I
0: don't
2: think you're watching it right,
0: right? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I I never got into The Office. It's kind of like, okay, if England only needed 12 episodes, why do we have 100?
2: Hey, that's your opinion, I'm a huge Office fan, but... No, I'm just saying that's that's
0: why I never got into it. I mean...
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: sure. uh, And I couldn't really say it was that smart, because I finally got to the screenplay writing class in ICC. So I got two associates, one in general education, one in liberal arts. And it was pr- the second time I went back to ICC. It was primarily getting to a screenwriting course, which they offered, and then nobody signed up for. So I took a bunch of mass comm classes. Which, hey, thanks to ICC, we have this podcast. But, <laughs> oh, by the yeah. time, and but I got go. and I got my as I say my liberal arts degree, English focus on a bunch of stuff I didn't actually read. Um, and then <laughs> I. So after, but by the time I got that degree, they finally got the screen screenwriting class, and they kind of made it an exercise. All right, so we're gonna be like a writers' room. Come up with this bit for the office, and it's like, and I felt like I was guiding. I was guiding it, never see, watching a single episode. Like, wow. Okay, yeah. So that that kind of, that didn't help the office out. Yeah, uh, it works great in memes. I mean, yeah you know,
2: i don't so. know i mean i i think it had to do with growing up with it i think yeah. someone said uh uh i watched the first episode and then i binged the entire thing like, mm. dude i watched the first episode and had to wait a week <laughs> for the next episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. No, I, that's why I love yeah. it. Love it right now. Like, uh, one of my favorite TV shows is the boys on Amazon.
2: Okay. and I, I've heard good things,
0: but yeah. So the first season, I think they dropped all the episodes at once and I didn't catch up to it until probably six months after. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it and like, Oh, awesome. And then the new season started and then they started, like they dropped the first three episodes and then you had to wait yeah. each week to um, catch yeah. a new one, and I think that's the way to do it. Man, I've been doing that. Oh yeah, like Mandalorian uh, did it. Uh, all the Marvel Dave, shows are doing it.
2: Dave did it. I don't know if you've seen Dave. Uh, uh, yeah, the on little, FX. Little show. Oh yeah.
0: Well, oh, it was God. it was on it it was it's still being showed on FX though.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or so FX. I mean, that.
0: Well, yeah. Whichever FX, it's, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird now that Disney owns it. But yeah, um,
2: let's put all the adult stuff. Uh, uh, also, another show that did that at the Handmaid's Tale.
0: Oh yeah, well, that, that was on Hulu. Season. And they, you're right. Yeah, they um,
2: dropped
0: two That that's one of those like, oh, as a. I think, as I wrote in my blog, aspiring communists with a bleeding heart. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: this just, is about handmaid's tale.
0: No, I, I that was my the blog post I was writing about my oh, which is actually okay. which is actually like a um, what, the, what I'm working towards is a like anti-vaxxer saying my body, my choice. And it's like, well, yeah. isn't, isn't that bloody ironic that you're using, you know, liberal, the same rhetoric and it's like, to... right to try supporting you? And it's like, here's the thing, and I'm probably spoiling my blog by saying it, but um, yeah. <laughs> I don't trust your body with a, it. I don't, I don't trust your body with another with a human growing inside it. Yeah. It's just another little bastard who's gonna grow up poor and try to rob my ass uh could you do us a be- do us a favor and just uh your body your choice but the- you know where i'm leaning choice wise
2: <laughs>
0: yeah so covid is like the uh poor child <laughs> waiting to be born <laughs> okay no, i don't want it <laughs> yeah do us a favor hey. Get rid of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I'm I'm uh having trouble. I I recently spit rhetoric back um with the uh, uh, gas prices. hmm That uh those people whining about Joe Biden yeah. gas price. It's
0: got nothing Just to do get a
2: better it. job and uh stop mean the government for all yeah, their I'm right
0: like this is yeah <laughs> no gas prices has nothing to do with uh, Joe yeah. Biden it was the fact that we didn't use gas for a year yeah um,
2: and there's there's also like the this might be opening up a whole big can of worms but there's like uh, who was running the oil industry uh, the past few years Um was the oil companies themselves yes. were policing right. themselves. Yeah. And uh, I think that has been undone. I'm pretty sure that has been undone. Wouldn't,
0: wouldn't surprise me. And it's kind of like, eh.
2: And this might be the retaliation. You know, like, yeah, we can't police ourselves, so
0: we're going to
2: raise the gas price.
0: Well, my mom was bitching about, like, I hope you don't say this. That we need gas prices to go high. Your your second cousin, her cousin, she wants yeah. gas prices to go higher so that everybody goes electric. And it's like,
4: yeah.
0: I don't, I don't trust, I don't like. Yeah, we are going to start wearing masks again. I might miss the two conventions I'm booking hotel rooms for <laughs> because right. people won't get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to die. I have, I've been va- I'm fully vaxxed. I'm not going to die. Yeah. I might be, you know, I might catch COVID, but I, right. I'm i not going to die. Like it, it I'm, I'm. I'm happy with that. Um, so it's like, yeah, no people, I don't trust people to do the right thing. Like, yeah, gas prices rise. Oh, maybe we should go electric. No, right. I don't. People like the bitch too much. Right. And my problem is, well, I, 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 like to, I like to argue with these smackers.
2: Same here. My Facebook, <laughs> I, I've gotten kicked off of Facebook so many times in the past year. Just, you know, like, and, and it's little things that I think Facebook is like keyed into what I'm writing. So, like, the moment I write something like, like some guy said, uh, uh, trans people, uh, have mental, are, are all have mental disabilities, or, or they're I can't remember how he phrased it, and, and I said the natural thing that you say to someone who says that is that your mom is a hoe.
0: No, and, <laughs> yeah,
2: and Facebook is like,
0: get out of here. Oh know. no, I've uh, been involved in the wrestling business now. I haven't taken a bump in a ring i might get drunk i might get drunk and see if i can still bump i'm not right not not gonna say that i hope the neighbors downstairs are cool with that um but um (laughs) it's like um oh shit i had a thought oh wrestling business is just awful about it like there was this um Listen to a podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, uh based out of Chicago. Uh right. cool cool people on top of that. Um they were talking about one of her friends uh got uh kicked off of Twitter for threatening to eat a man alive. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's like so, permanent. With the, with man. Real threat? No, like, I, I doubt she was going what? to eat. I mean, she called herself the man eater but yeah, I doubt I, she well, was going to, yeah. Her
2: profile picture was her with a fork and knife, but. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, gosh, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I am all about critical race theory because oh, yeah. we got to quit like trying to say, well, how can I be an ally? You know, shut yeah. up. Shut the fuck up and listen, <laughs> right exactly. to the other side, and don't try to relate. Just accept that's the experience. If that yeah. feels like shit, quit and doing it. it. Was shit. Yeah, yeah. Quit, exactly. you know, I, quit, quit perpetuating it.
2: Um, I think the big problem with, and, and I'm sorry you didn't get quite good to your point.
0: Yet, but, no, I, I, uh, I was rolling, so don't worry.
2: <laughs> okay. I I got into a argument and, and I do the character on VR poker, mm-hmm. you know. But, but you're actually sitting down with real people, and I, I, I buzzed into this poker game, and they're balls deep in this conversation about you know like critical race theory, and I'm just sitting back like listening for a second, and and the guys like, uh, you know like. Critical race theory teaches black people, white people.
0: Oh, they are they're already doing that. If they're not, you know, (laughs) they definitely should be trusting
2: us. (laughs) Right. And I, I was like, what are you talking about, man? And he's like, the the actual I've read the text, you know, it teaches and I'm like, I think you're making the effect you're taking the effect and making it the cost. yeah you no know, you can you can <laughs> like you you give someone bad information about another piece another person and you're mad at the result like that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it
0: right <laughs> that's yeah that's I. Uh, yeah i mean that's i don't know it's i'm just lucky to still have a job i think after the day well my lunch break happened the moment somebody's the co-worker oh the mask mandates are like i'm sick of this nazi mask (sighs) you realize marjorie taylor green gets disowned by republicans right right you know gosh Uh, like
2: well i i just kind of like i sit back and i'm like how do i ask all of you a question at once you know how is wearing a mask going to control anything? Yeah. Like, if everyone was like, okay, I'll wear a mask, are you worried that the government will say, oh, well...
0: Don't wear a they,
2: mask. You, they, they listen to that mask command pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Let's see what else would... Like, like, it ends with the mask.
0: You know? Like, it you, doesn't yeah well i look at it <laughs> i look at it i look at it this way if i at 18 i had to sign up for the draft okay damn like well no every selective service we all have to all men have to sign up for it
2: oh yeah, yeah.
0: right i mean i don't
2: know if i did
0: i i don't I, I i i presume 25 <laughs> percent forget about doing it but regardless yeah We're you're supposed as an eighteen year old male, you're supposed to, uh, and sign up for selective services. And so, if there is a draft, you are going to be called upon and check your eligibility. Okay. You know, (laughs) see if you have see if you have bone spurs or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's
2: like I actually legit tried to join the army, and they. I, I had my asthma
0: do that. Huh. So well, I mean, I there was a time, like the only time I ever wanted to. Well, okay, I loved Iron Eagle and Top Gun. So there was there was a time as a kid, like, uh, um, like oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Oh, they don't let anybody under five ten pilot, and I'm five and five <laughs> and a half. So. Eh. Uh, well, So regardless, like after the tower, like the day the towers went down, it was like, all right. So I, I'm going to give the government 42 hour, 48 hours. And if we declare war, I will sign up and enlist. That's my duty. That's what my grandfather fought. Both my grandfathers did. I don't know about one grandfather. Yeah. What, what have you like? And then, uh, oh, so we're just gonna sit and cry about this for a month <laughs> no uh, I'm not gonna sign yeah. up I, I'm not, oh, there goes I'm gonna finish my degree and then I'm gonna to go to yeah. a wrestling school <laughs> like yeah you know like I, I I didn't say I wasn't willing to and it's like
2: yeah I mean, the, 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 the of seems
0: oh yeah the point of it with vaccines is this is the most American thing you can do is to get vaccinated right to protect your fellow man instead of signing up for the military to inevitably just fight for oil rights right all right so I, now I, now now this podcast will be canceled <laughs> but yeah i said it and i res- i respect your patriots i i re- i respect people who are willing to give up everything for this government uh, this country just realize yeah. what this country wants. That's all I'm gonna.
1: Yeah.
2: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Mm. I don't know. It's a whole big can of worms to open. Up. The
0: point, the but the point of the matter is, go and get thirty thousand dollars, buy your starter home, and help your your net your niece go to college.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we brought it back full yes. circle. <laughs> So the best way to steal right. Harvard, yes, is just to join the army.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's not. A, <laughs> it, it it isn't a bad idea. Like no, I mean, I yeah. would love. Like everything, everything in life is one big heist movie. Yeah, I think stealing Harvard—you only had three people. You need it. <laughs> you, you need at least eight to make a good heist movie that's true um how many
2: did Italian job have
0: uh let's see (laughs) no that's that's a good that's a valid statement um so you you lost you lost Donald Sutherland you replace place her place him with uh with Charlize Theron I think Charlize Theron equals two men um yeah. So um, no so then you're just gonna go break it down. Mark Wahlberg, most uh yeah Bill Beal, I'm sorry. I wanna recognize Seth, Seth, Green. Seth Green and uh Jason Satham. So yeah. Four, five, six, six. Okay. That's six, yeah. Yeah, Charlize is two, Mark is one. Seth is one, Mustaf is one, and Jason Statham is one. Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yep. And there might be one more. I think there's one more.
0: Well, you got the, the guy. One... The guy who uh, covered. For him. Um. Well, he yeah, he fixed those Coopers, and yeah. then he and he, then he blew up the Pepsi blue sign to cover up yeah. the tracks. <laughs> Yeah. I can't even remember Pepsi Blue.
2: I had a Pepsi Blue like a week ago. Huh. They had, yeah, they have them back at gas stations.
0: Well, that's weird. I was at a schnooks in uh, Savoy, Illinois, and they had Skittle packets that were nothing but lime.
2: They had Skittle packets that were what?
0: Nothing but lime.
2: Oh, just like your favorite.
0: I, hey, Dude,
2: I, favorite one. <laughs> I'm not
0: saying it was the best, but it was kind of like at least it was lemon with it. They were that they were trying to do something with. I will take that yeah. over green apple any bloody day of the, deli- of the week. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, that's um...
0: so. I mean, we're we're coming up on a uh, way lot where we've outdone the movie uh, conversation wise. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know i see obviously with your uh screen saver i didn't make this i mean it's a podcast i know there's people who like to do video podcasts and such i got shit for youtube subscribers so uh <laughs> but i see i see from your uh avatar on zoom the uh JDHD comedy show talk show yeah sorry yeah. um i know you're at jd grieving on twitter yep um I know when you're not banned, you can find them on Facebook.
2: And uh, it's JDHD series on
0: YouTube. All right. Very good. Very good. I'm not the only JDHD on there. Yeah. No, (laughs) I mean, I see it and it's like, well, that's bloody clever. And then it's like, oh, geez. (laughs) How many Johns, Josephs, and Justins are out there?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah jimmy sorry james uh not to deprive those uh sure do my best to keep it pg-13 <laughs> oh man i I, been-
2: I i'm I've- in
0: a i'm in a drunk british state so there was about to be a c-bomb dropped <laughs> so, okay okay <laughs> um in,
2: in the british sense yeah. yes
0: <laughs> uh, the, i think it's about any western company country except the united states where it's like i uh, you know, it's a term of yeah. endearment.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like like a twat.
0: Yeah. Or well, I, I've been some, meeting, actually some watching some out. old Red Dwarf. I like, okay. Because I always joke about my parents are the reason, my mom's the reason for my dirty language.
1: Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> she would let us watch Monty Python on public broadcasting stations. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's on PBS. It's sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And I've been watching a lot of rewatching some Red Dwarf last week, and it's like, what the hell does goit mean? <laughs> oh, okay. So I shouldn't be using twat. I should be using goit because nobody knows what that means, but I obviously know what it means. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah.
2: So. I got one up. So uh
0: I know you're I know you're on the comedy scene at least. Uh any other things to promote besides uh JDHD comedy
2: or JDHD Um,
0: series on YouTube?
2: Well, I nothing really that immediate. I have a new album coming out soon. Uh but it's it's kind of I've been saying that for a year.
0: Right. I understand that. That's that's the business it's all recorded we're just yeah.
2: adding to it you know right but yeah a new album um yeah there's a, the i don't know if you've seen much of the show but we have big plans for this season all right i, mean, I think at the end of this season we're doing a a big episode and it, it it's really going to be it's going to be fun. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. No, no.
0: But,
2: but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to do it. It was a big, it's a big idea. <laughs> and I'm worried <laughs> that I'm not going to get it done. But right. I, I'm just, I love it. And uh, I'm going to go for it.
0: So. Hey, that's, that in this age, that is all that's important. I mean, yeah. Well, no, it, it it's true. Like this is the time where, like, hey, if two hundred people appreciate it, I mean, yeah. just just multiply it. Like those those assholes should have shared it with all their friends on social media, and it's not like every bloody goit doesn't have <laughs> a thousand friends on social media, like, right? So, yeah. well, um, I mean, a lot of me is like, I'll put it out there. And
2: uh, eventually, it'll get eyes on it, you know? And if I make quality content, whether or not people are watching, you know, the result can only be that people are impressed that I did it while no one was watching.
0: Yeah. No, I (laughs) mean, you know, as long as you don't go the Van Gaal or um, Hunter S. Thompson or... Kirk Cobain or you know yeah as long as it doesn't end if the bullet yeah amen to you
2: I don't think it will all right (laughs) at least not through my decision
0: okay uh, yeah no no I I think that's hey Marvin Gaye is (laughs) just looking at him man
2: (laughs) yeah it, it would be even if I Wanted to, it would go against some of my lyrics. Oh, ah. you know, won't stop. You know, I'm not gonna stop on my own.
0: Yeah,
2: I can't and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so all right. Well, as always, you can find me at cat bus russ at Twitter. Uh, the pot, the you want to see all my uh attempts at satire? It's main event of the dead.com if you want to be a guest on the podcast come up with a theme director actor or as simple as a movie like tonight was and i'd love to chat with you just send me an email to rustthebus the bus zero seven at gmail.com that's rust the bus r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s zero seven at gmail.com and i'm glad to see what you have to offer and love to talk to you so awesome. thank you again jd for coming on the show thanks for no doing problem it. thanks for doing me a favor and uh, yeah. great talk to you hope to do it again sometime yeah
2: thanks for having me i'm glad i was able to do it finally you know <laughs> and then uh i I'll, I'll do it again anytime
0: all right thank you very cool. much have yourself right, a buddy. good yeah good luck all right see you russ see ya now available
4: on videocassette I go by Jessica Quaz for short, so I am one of the co-hosts of Second Chance Movies, it's a podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance, um, so we take movies that were either, you know, great, awful, polarizing, kind of those movies where it's like, I hated this, but everyone else loved it, what did I miss? And we revisit them and see what they're like nowadays. Um, And so, yeah, I co-host that with my friend Joe Harper. We're pretty new, but you can find us. um, We have uh, visual episodes on YouTube. And wherever else you're listening to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, you can find us. So we're not just going for only bad movies, you know. We're, We're going for movies that, like... The divisive, because Sin City is, you know, depending on your level of violence you can handle, is pretty divisive. I loved Sin City when it came out. I was obsessed with it. And so we just kind of wanted to revisit it to be like, is it as awesome as we thought? And you'll have to listen to the episode to find out if it is. (laughs) We drop our audio episodes every Sunday and then YouTube Sundays as well. If you want to follow us on social media... We're at Two Chance Movies on Instagram and Second Chance Movies Pod on Twitter. Our podcast has our own letterbox where we uh, do a little bit more detailed descriptions on on the episodes we've covered.
0: There it is, Planet Druidian. Underneath the air shield, ten thousand years of fresh air. We must get through that air shield. We will, sir. Once we kidnap the princess, we can force her father, King Roland, to give us the combination to the air shield thereby destroying planet Druidia and saving planet Spaceball. Everybody got
4: that? Hey, I respect Mel Brooks. I, I appreciate a lot of his movies. Um, I just like a good old-fashioned Mel Brooks parody. Um, what's interesting and kind of on your point with Spaceballs is the concept being like this fantasy sci-fi world, we can go as big as we want with the parodies, which I think is what makes it so unique in terms of like typical parody movies is that we have so much room to play, and they do. They go crazy with it. I think it was unique in its inception. Um, I think also now we see, I mean, not lately, think of, but you know, like 10 years ago, we were seeing all sorts of parody movies like, you know, Meet the Spartans, or Disaster Movie, or all these weird sort of parody movies that I think we're, like, and I don't know, I didn't make the movies, but I feel like we're trying to recreate the magic of making this big, over-the-top, like, see, this is funny, we're saying weird things, and we're doing weird things, and it, you know, it just didn't work. (laughs) See, that is what's interesting is, you know, Mel Brooks is up there with, like, this, you know, one of the greatest. And, yeah, his filmography is not as vast as you would think it is, um, which I find interesting. I will say, and this is my opinion, is that I do think he is, like, the godfather of parodies. I personally, like, in terms of movies specifically, don't find any other movies to have that, like, it factor that he brings to his movies. Young Frankenstein is just, it's one that I could watch every day and enjoy the hell out of it. So, I I just have, I honestly, like, I have so much respect for him. No matter where Spaceballs kind of falls in his filmography, I just think he's just so, he was so unique for his time, I, I think, and consistently just being over-the-top and silly in a time when that wasn't, like, the norm, you know? So, and I I, I think that's why I do appreciate Spaceballs, too, is because it's like, God, this was just wacky. What were we doing here? <laughs> what I appreciate about Spaceballs is I, so I, a little bit of background, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie. As a kid, I grew up watching the originals. I was obsessed with them. Action figures. Literally watched it on repeat. I had like the awesome VHS trilogy. Like, I was obsessed, and it took me a really long time to watch Spaceballs because one, I was, I didn't understand what a parody was when I was that young, um, and I just like the the idea of taking this world that I'm so familiar with, that I'm in love with, and just making it funny in a way that's not like demeaning the content. It's just making it, like, wacky as hell. And I just find so much, like, pure joy out of it. Even if, you know, the quality isn't as amazing and some of the jokes are just downright dumb, it's just I still find so much joy out of it. Did Mel Brooks actually watch Star Wars? I feel like he probably watched it once and then had some writer pals be like, oh yeah, no, I know this movie. (laughs) This time around, because I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time, this time around the other references to sci-fi movies were just glaring in my face and I loved it. Like, of course I knew the alien one, then we have, you know, the Temple of Doom, then we have Planet of the Apes. I was like, this is, I love it. I love it. I mean, the cast is just, you look back and it's wild like Bill Pullman like you said John Candy, Joan Rivers, uh, Rick Moranis who I always have respect for always. It's just the people that they got to do this and you could I I think you can tell while watching it that they knew exactly what they were doing and they were game for it. Like there was no like what the f- smack is this parrot? like there's no hesitation they just go for it and they're like yeah let's be wacky it's just like I said earlier th- there's just something delightful and silly and like this nice escapism especially nowadays <laughs> where you can just watch this movie and and giggle at stupidity and and kind of wholesome stupidity like I, it's, so for me I I can't I agree I don't think they did anything that's so wrong that the movie's, you know, not good. Uh but tweaks here and there, sure. But yeah, for this it's just like, I just had fun. Just had fun watching it. Baseballs is a good 90 minutes or so just time to enjoy yourself and be wacky and silly.
3: Space bones. the movie. Princess Vespa spaceship within range, sir. Good.
0: Someone's trying to kill us! Now we will show her who is in charge of this galaxy. If you do not give me the combination to the air shield, Dr. Slotkin will give your daughter back her old nose. No! <gasps> Only one man and his trusted companion can save planet Druidia from disaster.
2: Okay, Eagle Five, coming in. Homestar. Star.
0: First, they must learn the secrets of yoga. I am the keeper of a greater magic. The force? No. The Schwartz. Avoid capture on a distant planet. Help up
1: the comb the desert, you hear me? Cove the desert. Found anything yet? We ain't found. Battled the
3: entire space ball army.
1: My hair! He shot my hair!
0: escape the clutches of dark helmet. I see your fort is as big as mine.
3: Abandon ship. Proceed to escape lines. What the hell's
0: the matter with this seatbelt?
4: When does this happen in the movie? Give me
3: balls. Space Balls. The movie. How do I know you're not making faces at me under that thing?
0: Welcome back to 90 for Chill, the podcast. Looks like I've seen my audio actually recording, so this is going to be gold or at least silver. Definitely not platinum. Not to discredit the poetic critic, my guest this week. And uh, she's coming on to finally deliver the Spaceball content I've been processing the last couple of weeks. How have you been? I'm fine. Very good. Anything new movie-wise with you, Rory? I'm
3: not sure there's anything you'd be interested in. Most of this past week, I was working with uh, stuff they're offering on Criterion Channel this month, like the uh, Art House Animation programming. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, if it means anything to anybody, uh, I don't know if it'll still be going on uh, the, on the thirteenth when this episode drops. But currently, iTunes is actually running a lot of uh, Samurai movies from the Criterion Collection uh, for about eight dollars a piece. And but with uh, the big problem with uh, iTunes right now, and I definitely need myself a new copy is space balls is at 15 bucks um granted it's a 4k uh transition or adaptation whatever the uh rendering whatever um but unless you're gonna go and download down and sign up for showtime uh i'm stuck with my dvd which doesn't really look too good with uh HDR or full HDR um, dynamic range in a 4k situation never mind like the Rafe DVD I have doesn't have subtitles in English so you know so it's a little warm at my apartment right now because the AC is off and just quickly rewatched it again so when was the last time you uh, got around to watching Spaceballs
3: didn't finally get to watching the film in full until in full about until about two years ago because i think like a lot of probably like a lot of people i we came to this movie on cable back in the 90s Mm -hmm. and you know when you watch movies on cable you don't always watch them from stem to stern as it were
0: right oh no um Heck, there's plenty of movies, even in the, uh, I guess when you have kids, not to say that I have kids, hopefully, um, but watching, I ended up seeing a lot of movies, uh, bits and pieces when I was hanging out with my friend Stephanie and when her little daughter was, you know, before a definite toddler, watching uh, Coraline, I've probably seen the entire movie, just never from beginning to end. And right. and again, why there's no discount on Coraline right now. Like it's a Keith David movie. Every Keith David movie is on discount somewhere. But so I don't know what is your take on spaceballs. I guess is really the guts of the matter. <laughs>
3: space falls a lot i don't think it's quite up to the level of the prime work mel brooks did back in the 1970s with his parody films but on the other side of the coin everything i've read suggested it came, people came down pretty hard on it back in 1987 and its reputation seems to have gone up a bit since then
0: hmm Oh, I I agree. Uh, I told the story to uh, Jessica when we were recording that I believe it was our uh, cousin who who lives out in California now who introduced the idea of the film to me. Now, this was like 1987-88 like after a uh, fireworks display we're just driving back to Mossville or wherever the other family's car was and it kind of threw me off because we definitely knew he wasn't a star Wars fan. Neither of our cousins were. (laughs) And, uh, but I swear he was telling me about this movie. As I say, I'm trying to recall a conversation from 34 years ago now. And I actually tried to hit him up when I was trying to save this uh, concept for a podcast. And he actually kind of said, no, it couldn't have been him, but, on the bright side, he has gotten around to uh, Star Wars, and he credits me with getting him introduced to professional wrestling. So, um, so I think the world seems balanced. Now, I guess another question then would be: Do you have to be a Star Wars fan to really appreciate Spaceballs?
3: It is a good question because I think one of the reasons the movie works as well as it does is that it does hang together pretty well as a straight comedy sci-fi story. A lot of it is funnier if you know the specific references they're going for, but it's not the exact kind of recreation we've kind of been used to seeing in affectionate parodies of franchises like Star Wars or Disney in the years
0: since. Well, since you brought up Disney, that was one thing I discovered on iTunes today: is that the Black Cauldron is in four K now. I think right. that's I think that's worth celebrating. But I'll digress on that one. I know you're not too big on the mid '80s Disney films. I mean,
3: not from, well, not the Black Cauldron, no. But no.
0: well, I've never picked, pictured as much of a Great Mouse Detective fan either.
3: It's, that movie was fine, but I have never felt a need to revisit it since 1987
0: or so. Mm. Well, I'm sure we saw it in 93. I think that was it was around just long enough to uh, get well, this. Well, we saw
3: it We saw it three times in theaters.
0: Yeah, I know in 86. Uh, and one more time in 93. In movies in the park. Okay. Huh. I thought it may have survived the reissue period.
3: They did do a reissue in 92.
0: Okay. No. But that's, that seems a little early. I thought it was a seven year rotation on those, but
3: and they started speeding it up by that point.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as you said uh, with Spaceballs, it doesn't uh, show as much affection to the co- um, to the source material, and I didn't know if that kind of just on this recent rewatch it, being so contemporary with clothing and characters um do you think that's part of the joke or was just not just kind of like well let's just get this in the can
3: well it is i think i get what you're trying to say here is that it it isn't an that in a that it's not an exact parody it is very 80s tied especially to what our understanding of star wars was at that point But I don't think it hurts the film all that much. If anything, I do think what makes the movie work as well, really well, is that it does work as a story. It has some very likable characters, both the good guys and the bad guys. And it takes the time to basically work through all the major plot beats of the first the original star wars new hope is a lot of people like to call it now mm-hmm. but at the same time they also work in some elements from the first two sequels they'd done by that point and makes them work well in context it works pretty smoothly given how much it's trying to cover to be honest
0: well it's kind of like uh dare i say ralph Bashke's uh, lord of the rings in a sense
3: well, that's one way of looking at it i, I that it's not the comparison I would have come up with, but I kind yes. of see what you mean.
0: Yeah. So um I guess I would kind of when I made that note uh about that, uh the contemporariness of it. I don't know. I think the joke maybe since it is so contemporary, it, it just makes the plausibility of Spaceballs, the sequel the search for more money or as i say plausible just because of that
3: well yeah they did try doing an animated series a few years ago
0: yes which i haven't seen anything good uh right yeah I,
3: that didn't go over well but it is interesting to look at and this might have affected how it was received in 1987 is where the star wars fandom was at the time because by 1987, there was kind of a feeling Star Wars was just kind of in the can, as it were. Mm-hmm. It, for those who don't know where the franchise was at that point, in 1986, uh, Starlog actually had one of its cover stories on one issue because I had a few old Star Logs back in the 90s because you could order back issues back then pretty easily and they happened to have a little piece that was asking if the star wars fandom had just died out in 1986 for reference at that point uh, the saturday morning shows droids and ewoks had wrapped up their runs
0: weren't there only a season of peace i thought uh ewoks lasted two okay um and of course you know we I guess they had a lot of love for the Ewoks uh, since they had two TV movies as well.
3: Yeah, they had the TV. There were the Ewoks TV movies and there were the cartoons. But otherwise, after Return of the Jedi, there really wasn't a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't really a book line. There were no plans to do further movies. Lucas had been moving on to a lot of other projects in the meantime
0: well uh also i don't know if this would affect it at all but hadn't the films finally been released on vhs by this point because i thought it was Uh, about 86 when the first real set of them came out
3: uh return to jedi didn't make it to vhs until 1987 i believe
0: okay so i'm just saying that at
3: least that was when it finally got to hbo
0: yes i definitely can attest to that portion because i i thought we were kind of drowning out our little baby brother by watching those movies frequently
3: yeah yeah i think you're right that we must have been doing that around that time but it it was a thing that the movies had you know they'd had their day they'd made it to vhs They'd been on network. Most of them, the first two had been on network television by this point. And there wasn't much of a novelty if it wasn't an ongoing thing. I don't think, and I think the fact that the post-Return of the Jedi stuff mostly having to do with the Ewoks might not have helped. I mean, right. there were, we saw the Ice Escapades edition that had Ewoks in it. Uh,
0: that but, was be, That was before I started my pennant collection, so
3: yeah but we saw it okay and in by 1987
0: well just tell it just tells you you that he-man live was a little more i got a little more invested in (laughs) then
3: yeah that was in 87 i remember that pretty well but it it goes to show how much had come and gone since that time because return of the jedi was huge in 1983 but then in 1984, you, for if you were kid culture, you were moving on to, depending on what your tastes were, you had Cabbage Patch Kids, He-Man was reaching its peak, and She-Ra was coming up shortly in 85, Transformers came along in 84, G.I. Joe, Joe came out, yeah. got the revival of G.I. Joe in 84. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff occupying the attention of kids where, while at the movies, we had all these other new blockbusters springing up. You know, 84 alone had Ghostbusters and Gremlins and kind of the...
0: Well, well maybe and the, Temple of Doom. So, I mean, Lucas yeah, the had obviously moved Christmas on by that point.
3: Yeah. there There were a lot of other options out there People talk today about how we don't have a monoculture because we all have lots more options than we used to. And it is true we do have more video games and we have the internet and stuff like that. But if you want it, not everybody watched all the same t- stuff all the time in the mid-80s. We still, the 80s was the time where cable was starting to take off in those communities where, you know, people could afford it. So, we're VCRs. We're slowly getting into the idea of buying videos rather than just renting them.
0: Well, the trick was buying two VCRs. Our uncle showed us that.
3: (laughs) Well, however you want to do it. But (laughs) at the time, but there were a lot of other options kids had in the mid 80s. And for adults, star wars was fun but it wasn't the nigh religion it's become
0: so basically george lucas had the right idea of saying oh this is a kid movie when justifying the shortcomings of phantom menace
3: i don't know if he's i don't like the idea of saying something is for kids to exercise poor quality in terms of scripting or directing or anything like that Mm -hmm. But it is true, we just didn't take things so darn seriously back then. You would. I was reading a Medium piece about how, in, you know, in the New 10s, we saw nerd culture kind of take over the world, and that we've been sore winners about it. And, you know, you wouldn't have had arguments like the Marvel fans versus Martin Scorsese back in the 80s. Nobody was trying, like this writer said, nobody was trying to argue that a view to a kill or Rambo was as good as uh, out of Africa or Amadeus.
0: Okay, no, 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 no. Every child whose parents just left him alone with the VCR or the cable box would definitely argue Rambo over Amadeus
3: i wasn't talking about kids (laughs) arguing this i was talking about adults
0: well with our internet now how many of these little brats i mean have become trolls how many of these brats are trolls you know that's all i'm suggesting
3: i think i see where you're coming from
0: i mean kids are learning how to type at far earlier ages
3: right and going back to 1987 and why space wasn't received very well then comedy was very competitive in the 1980s for for, oh, all, eight, the mytholo- for all the mythology 87
0: all i could really think of is weekend at bernie's mannequin i didn't think 87 was that great a year in other words um well, maybe not
1: an
3: individual year 1987 What i've been kind of looking back on years of the 80s and 87 is one of the less impressive years on the whole i mean the biggest film that year was three men and a baby
0: right and this is uh one of the years that we didn't have a hundred million dollar film correct
3: i'm not sure that was the case but at the same time it was not the most exciting year going i mean the other big hits were films like beverly hills cop part two yeah that sort of thing i mean you did have your robocop here and princess bride there but
0: Uh, living daylights my introduction to james bond because that's true dad wasn't going to take mom to that movie
3: (laughs) (laughs) well but going back to the comedy thing 87 is not an outstanding year for comedy but there was still a lot of it and the 80s were a very serious comedy decade in a way as much mythologizing as we do for new hollywood of the 1970s it's arguably not a great decade for comedies compared to other genres
0: oh oh no you had mel brooks and you had woody allen that was really the two big names
3: i mean there are other there were other filmmakers who worked in comedy but yeah. not all the time well, like hal ashby comes to mind
0: right there yeah that name um
3: uh, harold and maude being there were among yeah. his comedies i haven't seen shampoo yet
0: but i've heard um, them right um uh, what was billy wilder still working in the 70s
3: um occasionally but yeah. it's generally not seen as his best decade oh
0: no no uh was he the one married the julie andrews or am How
3: i was blake edwards okay
0: well there you go and that's blake who i was going to well yeah.
3: blake edwards this was kind of his comeback decade because he he started off on completely the wrong foot with uh, darling lily
0: Right, no, it uh it hit home for him with Victor Victoria, correct?
3: Um, Victor Victoria was kind of the climax of his comeback in the mm-hmm. early eighties because in nineteen seventy five they revived the pink Panther movies.
0: Yes, that's why i was uh, and, why I was trying then, to get to him.
3: <laughs> right. And that goes from kind of strength to strength until he gets to Victor Victoria. And then the bottom falls out when he tries to keep the Pink Panther franchise going without Peter Sellers. Mm.
0: So yeah, few- I mean, he just couldn't talk Steve Martin into doing it at that point. <laughs> hey, I saw I saw most of the Pink Panther remake on the on a bus heading back from Chicago. I can't say it was too bad, honestly. Jean Renault as the sidekick. I mean, it's worthwhile.
3: But anyway, uh, 70s comedy does have some standout material, but it wasn't, although people were going to comedies and stuff, I mean, Neil Simon, it was oh. a big decade for Neil Simon movies.
0: Yep, but... Oh, uh, he was a
3: writer rather than a director.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, when it comes to Neil Simon, besides for the uh, odd couple, I mean, I'd rather see his stuff on stage, but...
3: Yeah, but... There were, I mean, there were a lot of successful comedies in the 70s, but a lot of them aren't as well-remembered or acclaimed as the dramas or the horror films or the art films.
1: Right. It was
3: a, it was a competitive decade. And the 80s kind of saw big comebacks. At, at the end of the 70s, things loosened up a bit with stuff like Animal
0: House. Yeah, John Landis and... and-
3: yeah, John. Yeah, John Landis, uh, Robert Zemeckis starts doing directorial efforts with "I Want to Hold Your Hand" in seventy-eight,
0: and then Use Cars" in eighty, which is mm-hmm. oh, just uh, one of those that I really wanted to give the five stars to on Letterboxd, but uh, I gotta, I gotta fix my numbers, I guess.
3: <laughs> so, but between that and the whole Saturday Night Live boom, there's suddenly this big push for comedy in the 80s if you look at the top 10 for any given year you see all sorts of comedies and not just the ones we still watch today or the ones we automatically think of when we think of 80s comedies like in 86 you had crocodile dundee came in just a few million behind top gun to be the biggest film of 1986 it it spent two months at the top of the american box office chart
0: yeah we really uh slept on paul hogan um now i'm thinking though and i you know maybe paul hogan for uh wolf creek sequel i don't know just just going for the joke there <laughs> just saying he needs that term <laughs> um, I, I don't know
3: though i think some of what happened with him had to do with him become um becoming a born again christian at the turn of the 90s.
0: So, Fli- Flipper is a christian allegory.
3: No, but he definitely took a turn towards really family friendly stuff. Oh,
0: oh yeah, but now well, I'm it wasn't just a
1: now great I'm... Time to
3: do so. <laughs> yeah. But I think that might explain some of what happened there.
0: Well, now I'm just thinking about crucifying dolphins. So. <laughs> so, well, I mean,
3: the, fir- the first the first basically the film where the bottom fell out for him was almost an angel in 1990
0: oh yeah yeah
3: yeah which was came you know after he became born again and that does have some allegorical elements now that you mention
0: it (laughs) right well uh i had recently uh watched um i i just have a few more that i own or that had ended up in my dvd queue woody allen movies watched uh vicky christina barcelona a couple nights ago loved it but i mean i don't know i guess it's everything's a thin allegory for everything like every woody, woody allen movie is basically just a clever take on his relationship troubles which is kind of a disturbing idea <laughs> but
3: but in the but in the 80s he had a lot more competition for comedy We were getting all sorts of people out on Saturday Night Live alone. But we were also seeing people like Danny DeVito
0: jump to the big screen. Right, which was a long time coming. I mean, I remember him in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. which
3: Yeah, he got got started in the mid-70s. And Um, it took a little while.
0: Yeah, now that I think about it, though, isn't it kind of like we traded our uh, Saturday Night Live TV show for the movies, essentially? Because aside from eddie murphy there's really nothing much eventful uh, until 89 i mean 87 88 or so on saturday night live
3: right because the show was went under kind of a transition in the mid 80s and mm-hmm. he, there was just this idea back then that shows just didn't run that long and Saturday night live by the time murphy left for good was You know, it was going on 10 years already. And it was something NBC wanted, wasn't sure they wanted to keep around. They brought Lauren Michaels back for season 11, which is the season where they tried bringing in people who are already getting famous, like Robert Uh, Downey Jr. and Joan uh, Cusack and Randy Quaid.
0: Funny, I I don't recall Joan Cusack on Saturday Night Live. I I know Quaid and I know Robert Downey Jr., Uh, they were all in that scene rest rest in peace robert downey senior actually just throwing that out there uh putney swope i really gotta check the runtime on that one
3: it is under 90
0: all right so it's dad's got a copy of it so (laughs) have you seen putney swope
3: yeah i got around to it not long after i came of age for watching r-rated movies
0: oh okay so I went with private parts. You went with one of the greatest satires <laughs> of all time. Oh. Uh, that's anyway, why. That's why. That's why you're the top top critical mind in Central Illinois. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, with okay, try and get my
0: th- thoughts here. Right, eighty seven
3: comedies. But, okay, season two was in season eleven as well. But general consensus is they couldn't really form an ensemble because they were all coming from different
0: angles well yeah Joan Cusack Damon
3: Wayans was in that season
0: yeah uh but Joan Joan Cusack is a is a you know Chicago's equivalent to the uh actors studio or Juilliard I mean with the Cusack's education
3: right so they they really didn't know if they were going to keep the show around after that season so and when they did Lorne Michaels did basically have to start fresh mm-hmm. there were only a handful of people who survived that season yes I'm almost literally because the last skit in that year's season finale which was when George Steinbrenner hosted has uh, the studio getting set on fire and Lorne Michaels only rescues John Lovitz in the cliffhanger ending <laughs>
0: Bill Hartman, I think, survived. He was in that Steinberg. Well, no, in truth, uh, they,
3: in truth, they kept around some of the others, too, because that was Dennis Miller's first season.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They kept, they kept around a few of the others. But right.
0: Yeah, was but Mil- Miller is more of a tool. Like, you know, he wasn't really going to give you sketches for the most part. Well,
3: no, he wasn't. He went to Weekend Update right away. Mm-hmm. But in any case, in tying this back to Spaceballs, the comedy environment was very competitive at the time. And I think there was some exhaustion with the spoof movie by that point.
0: Well, that's that's interesting because all I could really think of spoof stuff up until Spaceballs because i can't really say there was any uh, mel brooks parody films in the uh, 80s except for um well
3: it's part of it except he, for he uh, this, history
0: of the world you know
3: well that's the thing he'd taken this extended break from directing movies after history of the world
0: he, yeah he's only has 11 directed films which is yeah it's
3: a, it's a remarkable body of work in that it is relatively small compared to a lot of directors who worked o- over similar time spans.
0: Yeah. Uh, just curious. Cause, um, Jessica Quaz and I were talking about the fact that, I mean, I love the producers. Um, and we came to the, to the equation. We need Lynn manuel Miranda to come up with a Spaceballs, the musical. Um, I mean, if it worked for the producers, which is the only non-parody that I've really seen of his, Hi, are you too familiar with, um, I mean I mean I, I got to get around to seeing to be or not to be or silent movie but what's right. your what's your exposure to is uh non-parody
3: uh beyond the producers I haven't I have tried to track down to be or not to be but that is current that does not appear to be streaming actually right now a lot of it's pretty hard to find Mel Brooks's stuff right now on streaming services. No,
0: the only the only way I really saw saw to be or not to be available is in the uh, like eight movie Blu-ray set somewhere.
3: Yeah, because I think that's the one Shout Factory did.
0: More than likely,
3: because he they've been working pretty extensively with Brooks lately. He helped them curate an Ann Bancroft box set.
0: Well, I'm just glad he's actually doing work. I mean, if you got the time to drive 95 miles per hour on the PCH every night, you got to put a little work in. But uh, I, I imagine he might have slowed down now, now that Carl Reiner has passed. I know,
3: that, yeah, so. but uh, no, he's uh contributed to a lot of the recent Shout Factory sets in one way or another, and I think. In any case, he had taken the six-year break off because, for reference, he didn't direct To Be or Not To Be. Mm. And he was doing a lot of producing at the time and with uh, Brooks Films and was doing quite well. Although, I think another thing was running into the problems Spaceballs had was the production of Solar Babies had gotten out of hand. Okay under Brooke, the brooks film shingle oh you it, see
0: I, I just presumed it was an MGMUA UA thing but
3: eh. <laughs> well they distributed it yes
0: right so i'm just saying oh that's standard operating procedure
3: but yeah uh brooks films produced that one and that was a thanksgiving 86 release and the production on that he was quasi-supervising got way out of hand and the film wound up doing it very poorly and this is all while he's working getting spaceballs spaceballs ready to go mm. so i guess there were some financial issues at the time they were dealing with there is a how did they get made episode on solar babies and the week afterward they had an extended interview with brooks where he talked about what exactly happened
0: you see i haven't seen with how did this get made i don't usually listen to the episode unless i've seen the movie right so i mean but that that's that's gold right there there are many episodes they have between their full-blown uh live Mm -hmm. shows
1: um
0: but uh something we did uh think about um because i was uh as i was editing uh the audio i had from jessica um she was uh we did mention the fact that i don't know how i let it slip that i didn't know if lucas i obviously knew lucas had approved the space project i mean you had the alien scene done by ilm but um so i mean that oh was that used in the advertising or anything like that because that could have probably helped it out well,
3: that lucas had approved of
0: it yes
3: i don't know the famously the key issue was that they had to minimize any merchandising for the film oh
0: yeah (laughs) the irony there (laughs) yep no yeah lucas that's i mean lucas hadn't directed anything he only really had the uh um indiana jones franchise that were bona fide hits
3: yeah it is interesting to look at how the, these major directors and creatives were faring in the '80s when they were producing other people's projects. What happened, you know? Yeah, well, I know Steven Lucas Spielberg. did a lot
0: of. I knew. I knew Lucas did a lot of stuff where he didn't take credit. Like I think it was uh, I mean, pretty much Lawrence Kasdan he created, um, by pro- producing under the table or um, you know, under the table. I think was it uh, Body Heat? Was that? wasn't exactly
3: under the table with body heat
0: well yeah but he didn't really want his name attached to it because of his wholesomeness no that's that's at least what the screen drafts episode about doing a lucas draft which ended up sucking and uh, i don't want to hear from those drafters ever again
3: (sighs) i have to can you pause for a minute i have to go
4: get something
0: yeah take your time. Hello there.
4: I was very biased while watching it. And usually I'm, if you listen to my podcast, I'm extremely critical of movies that I even like. But this one, it has, you know, the nostalgia factor that we get, you know, always gets us. And so for me, as I was trying to be critical, I was still like, I'm enjoying this. I think this is fun. And it's it's hard to, like, when you have such a love for movies like that, it's so hard to, like, Keep the critical brain going and being like, okay, well that didn't really work. That was a little much. I'm just like, you know what? This is silly and wacky. I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm a purist. You could say when it comes to Star Wars, the originals are are my jam. And then in the. Uh, this the sequel trilogy we had Benicio del Toro doing whatever the hell he was doing. <laughs> you know, we love an an anti hero. Like a, a weird, messy like you said scoundrel, but like has a good heart and will like do the right thing. Like that makes a complex and fun character. Um and, you know, I think that's why I, I love like the originals is because we have Han and like you said, Lando, who it's like we love him can we trust him i think we can i think he's gonna do the right thing that adds a level of like suspense sort of that i'm really drawn to and i will say too like even though empire strikes back is my number one it's so hard for me to rank the definitively the movies it's always changing but i will say what also i think on this topic Why people like Rogue One is because that's a whole gang of scoundrels. (laughs) I think there is something when we're having these like sci fi adventure movies to have your sort of like rough and tough, but maybe he's got a good heart. Like, what's up with this complex person? I think that just kind of draws us in. And it's fun to have that as a juxtaposition to like say, like in Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, like our pure good boy. It's like, okay, cool, but I want someone who's, like, in it. And that's what I think Han does. So (laughs) I took a long time to watch Solo because I did not like the idea of it. I was like, you know what? We don't need this. Like, let him be. I would all, I'd be all in for, like, a Lando origin, especially if it's Donald Glover. But, so it took me a long time to watch it. And once I did, I'll, I agree it was fine, but there was so much plot, like, I, and I can, I even pay, I pay attention to plot, I can follow a plot, I'm not, like, it doesn't usually go above my head, but for that it was like, okay, we're here, we're here, we're here, and now we're going here, and now we're going here, and oh, he has the, the gold, uh, dices that, oh, now we know where you got that, like, it was just like, okay, this is too much, I will say, though, that I was very hesitant. I liked him, and then I thought, oh, well, yeah, he kind of looks like Han. But I thought that that might be the issue, is that the actor playing Han needs to be Han. And I will say, I thought he did a wonderful job. Like, I was very impressed with him. Um... And I think visually it was a great movie. I think they were trying to, like, balance this origin versus action versus kind of heisty thing that didn't work. Um, it was, like, it was fine, yeah. I will say, though, like, I am so into Donald Glover as Lando and I would love more of that. Cause that's the thing, too, like, with Kira, like, we all know how Han's story evolves and ends. So Kira felt, to me, like she's kind of like pointless as a love interest. Um, Although I really did like her character. So I think having it be her and and Lando, okay. I'm there. Superman!
0: Superman! So yeah, 87. uh, Busy with comedies. We're not, you know, quality, but people wanted comedies, obviously. And... We we're discussing it, the listen, they
3: released Spaceballs in the middle of summer.
0: Yeah, not a great move. There's no question there. But uh, like you see, that's that's how I think Brian, our cousin in California, and I uh, talked about it because I was talking about Dragnet from that episode of Siskel and Eber. He was talking about Spaceballs. So,
3: uh-huh.
0: so yeah, I guess none of us saw it. So, huh. But uh, when it comes to uh, Spaceballs and the Star Wars, how important Star Wars is, I think back to my time in the Peoria wrestling scene where, oh yeah, we had one Halloween where we all wanted to do Spaceball characters. I just didn't want to do makeup at the time. So nice. and so obviously I was getting the yogurt nomination. <sighs> Stature thing, I guess. Um, but uh, I guess you know that really speaks about Spaceballs, though that you know i had we had so many people wanting to do that but you tell them oh and what did you think about the C- the prequel trilogy you know and you get a dude i didn't even watch the originals man so <laughs> yeah fun trips from uh peoria to iowa monthly with that guy <laughs> so but i you know was uh, Spaceballs a big VHS thing, I guess, is where we're going with this?
3: I think it, that enc- cable was how most people found it down the line.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
3: I think another issue that we haven't touched on is that even by 1987 with the fad having cooled off a bit, we'd already had a lot of Star Wars parodies on short form. There was the Quickies, short hardware wars.
0: In uh, no, the I'm, VA. I'm. Yeah, no, they they tackled that right away.
3: <laughs> I mean, everybody was jumping on it, and by 1987, it already felt like kind of an old half thing.
0: I guess Star Wars is really the where it is because of the people who didn't weren't around for the first uh, go of it. I suppose because you know they are handing the v- vhs tapes off to their kids i mean the entire reason we're doing a space balls episode is because jessica quaz from second chance movies favorite film is empire strikes back and i think it was pretty much the parents because she was only seven when prequels started right but there's a love for star wars that was so it's, it's weird when you look at the uh, Star Wars fandom, because, yeah, you have the kids who have grown up now with the prequels being their movies, you know, the Clone Wars being gospel. Right. Uh, but there's that in the, there was that 10 year period, say, from 87 to 97, uh-huh. where you have kids who are just, I mean, this is, Star Wars is basically a Bible, in a sense. You know, our parents gave us the good book, and we're supposed to, uh, you know, listen to the cliff notes that Sunday school is. <laughs> and uh, imagine if they would have just put the made crappy little. I'm, I'm maybe I didn't see them, but uh, judging that it was uh, Magoo and me and Gerbert <laughs> is the Christian VHS stuff instead of, you know fancy looking gospels or at least that's what I saw you know imagine where Christianity would be though if you know yeah give Jesus a lightsaber just to cut the bread and toast it so all right so sorry about that what little uh, diversion there I mean, it's this is this is great, uh, Rory, because it's basically um, you, what I'm gonna put on from Jessica is basically how fun the feeling of fun. But you are an excellent teacher. We need these history lessons. Well,
3: enough. Well, what you're talking about passing it down. This was the whole reason for thinking about uh, what they call. I think, the seven-year rule in the wrestling industry.
0: Ah, nice. Which is where you, can,
3: when you, where you can recycle a gimmick. And that was why, and we brought this up earlier, this was why Disney used to release re-release their animated features on a seven-year basis, because there was always a new crop of kids who hadn't seen the movies yet by then. So to them, it was new. Mm-hmm. And this is why we still have the Disney vault thing today. And while it's not a seven-year rotation anymore, they the availability of the films on VHS and then DVD is kept kind of artificially low, so this sort of thing can still apply. The streaming model is kind of breaking that sort of thing, and now everything feels like it's available at once, the operative word being feels, but with Disney especially, keeping all this stuff in the public eye to get a new group of consumers every few years is a big part of their business strategy.
1: Yeah,
3: and just,
0: mm, go ahead.
3: If you look at which 80s movies and franchises still have have higher Q factors now than others. It's why Star Wars still gets talked up so much is that they keep keep it in the public eye. They keep doing new content for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with something like ET, the extraterrestrial, or Back to the Future, even they they've pretty been dormant since the early '90s at the latest. Well, with
0: with uh, I was there for the uh, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd uh, panel, uh, Wizard mm-hmm. World, and basically. And I think it was the producer who came up. I can't recall his name. It'd probably pop off the top of your head like nothing. Uh, Bob Gale? Thank you. Yep, exactly. Basically, he gave us a, as I like to say, context warning, basically telling people don't ask for sequels or remakes before the panel <laughs> began. <laughs> They're very protective of that. So until. Mm-hmm. Robert and croaks i don't think you'd have to worry i i just don't think it'll be in the public eye right so anyhow i wouldn't want a guy of parkinson's driving the delorean right now okay there's our tasteless joke of the podcast last week's was me saying chris benoit did us all a favor ending the vince mcmahon faking his death angle so, but now I'm thinking with a seven year rule and you brought up professional wrestling it's like okay so you're telling me we need to quickly produce Mickey Club t-shirts like the Bullet Club stuff and just profit until we get that cease and desist?
3: I wouldn't try it
0: okay well they're a little quicker than The guys in Stanford, I guess, WWE's headquarters, right? So, um, that was an idea of a podcast I threw out on Twitter, though. Um, listening to Second Chance movies and hearing a lot of you know people's issues with storytelling, and it's like, well, as a professional wrestler, it makes total sense what they're doing, like maybe that should be a podcast basically all right something that people question about storytelling method and then a professional wrestler breaks it down and says why it's good
3: the well actually podcast that will make you very popular everybody (laughs) loves the well actually guy online
0: oh you see i know well you see me you and i are totally different i was the webs i mean i taught you how to make websites but i could care less about the internet for the most part i mean i can get myself lost in a youtube wormhole but <laughs> oh sure who can- who doesn't yeah but uh i really don't know what's going on half the time so so we had the seven year thing and I don't know, is that kind of why we didn't really get anything uh, between... I mean, yes, we had Life Stinks, which I think people immediately forgot between uh, Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights, which, I don't know, I would kind of say Robin Hood Men in Tights is the superior movie.
3: I don't know if I'd say that. It's another one people seem to have come around to over
0: the years. Well, I thought that was gold from beginning. I mean, this isn't, sci- in, in Robin Hood's defense, it isn't science fiction where somebody created their own universe. This is supposedly historical fiction
1: mm-hmm.
0: where we knew exactly what was supposed to be done. So when we go and throw in something like the 12th century Fox mm-hmm. delivery system... <laughs> We're all down with it, <laughs> and imagine Spaceballs with Dave Chappelle. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but you know we had John Candy though, so I wouldn't trade that for a moment. Which right. which was something I came to uh, and asked when I was interviewing Jessica over this movie was Chewbacca needed a tail. I mean, I'm just saying something. Somebody, somebody had the you know, Chewbacca was never really that annoying a character, and not to say that Barf is, but the moment he whips you know he whips his tail into Lone Star's face, it's kind of like, yeah, they're onto something.
3: It was funny to look at something like Spaceballs after all the Star Wars knockoffs including something like Captain EO, which Lucas did help back.
0: All right. Thank you for bringing Michael Jackson in here. So we're qualifying all questionable um, creators on this podcast. But you, look
3: at, but you look at how everybody was trying to come up with new critters after Star Wars, not just robots, but there's a whole bunch of them in Captain EO alone. And that movie is only 17 minutes long and
0: for a theme park. I still loved it, I mean i i mean is it is it available anywhere in a theme park? uh no, none of the
3: theme parks have it anymore.
0: Oh, did family Guy finally shut that one down? No okay. it
3: just it just I don't think after the initial novelty wore off of the revival it didn't draw very big crowds. Well,
0: I guess that's my problem with Disney World and Disneyland is that we keep changing the parks. Like Chris Hardwick was on on the ID10T podcast was talking with uh, the guy who played Abraham on uh, Walking Dead. So I know somebody you don't know, I I, kind of zoned out halfway through his run on that show. Um, how it was just so much better when Disneyland and Disney World had rides that were just rides like Tomorrowland wasn't all about the franchises like don't get me wrong I like the Buzz Lightyear ride but
3: oh this is a huge sticking point for the really big theme park fanatics is that we don't get as many original concepts anymore and that it has become too franchise-centric, especially in the parks that originally didn't rely heavily on pre-established characters. Right, like.
0: precisely. I mean, that's that was the beauty of going to Tomorrowland. Like, if I wanted the new stuff, I'd go to MGM or Disney Studios, whatever bollocks you want to call it, or Epcot, even.
3: Right, um, but it's... So- same time you can't treat places like they're museums either because kids' tastes change and
0: okay, okay. doesn't lucas film own indiana jones hence disney owns indiana jones hence it belongs in a museum sorry i'll digress no i totally get that you're not going to you need to mix things up something has to be new every year there's no question about that
3: yeah but i know there are complaints about this creep going on with epcot right now
0: oh don't say that because i mean we're planning to be there in december (laughs) well maybe yeah but
3: but there's i mean they've added they're adding the ratatouille ride to france pavilion
0: well just that ratatouille is pixar's finest Amen. I
3: don't think it's their best film, but it, it's a good film.
0: I will stand by screen drafts on that one. They rarely oh. get it right, but <laughs> like Life Force is the greatest canon movie. Are you no, gonna? no
3: I don't. Yeah. Oh,
0: don't give me a break in one.
3: <laughs> but with, but yeah, it's it's bringing in Ratatouille as a. Ride. Ride is one thing but replacing the norway boat ride with the frozen attraction is yeah that was a step the pail.
0: okay yes that was bad but i don't think i think when they immediately did it we didn't realize how big frozen was i mean frozen made a hell of a lot of money but until i don't think until frozen 2 did everybody finally surrender to it
3: i don't know that can, it happened pretty quickly as I remember it.
0: So, when was Frozen released? I mean, it had to be released before the last it, time we went to Disney World.
3: It was released in 2013.
0: Yeah. So, Disney
3: started working it into the parks as much as they could have because it was I think, that demand.
0: Yeah. So, I don't think I don't think I want
3: to I, get to a permanent attraction. They decided to use Epcot when they could have been using the studios if not for the fact that we're already starting to work on the star wars right toy story
0: land. yeah no the, well toy story land i don't really need too much of myself but uh it was a professional wrestler Zack Ryder, the moment he walked into um matt cardona i'm sorry don't don't call him by his connecticut slave name um who famously gets told about the time where like a bunch of the wrestlers went it went to the new star Wars attraction. And he saw the crawl underneath his feet and he claimed this was the greatest day of his life. (laughs) So, and this is coming from a guy and I I'm telling the story as a guy who made sure I saw every possible video in the star tours. Took me five times, but I did the math. I researched on the internet. I've seen every possible video from Star Tours. And that is the greatest thing I did in 2015. Um, yeah, so I don't think I got around to seeing the uh, Norwegian boat ride at Epcot that time. Had fun doing the uh, Phineas and Ferb Japanese mystery though. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know. We're really talking more about the history, which I like because I think Jessica, when I put her audio on about just telling you how awesome Spaceballs is, <laughs> will really pay off uh, and make this probably the greatest episode of 90 for Chill, the podcast of all time. <laughs> but um, have you re watched Spaceballs in? uh recently i suppose i should ask uh no no it's it's not and i don't think i mean it's, it's just a very memorable film to begin with i mean for the sheer fact that i i think there's got to be a movie out there and i'm sure there's S, uh, sctv sketches but when else do we really get to see ron uh ron rick from yeah sorry rick Moranis be a twat I mean, he was loving it, doing it in uh, Spaceballs. Mm -hmm. I mean, his character gets instant karma about every time he does something bad. Right. But, And I'm wondering, where are those action figures that he was playing with? I'm just saying the molds are there. And at least Dark Helmet, Lone Star, Barth, and um, our Druish pr- princess Vespa mm-hmm. were available. You know the molds are there. I'm just saying. Which kind of makes me think, though, in that in that scene with the toys, it's like, knock on my door. You didn't see anything, did you? Yeah. No, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Yeah. And it's like, well, perhaps he didn't see him playing with the dolls. He's just used to seeing him play with the dolls. Hmm. Um, interesting, though, I was thinking of a tattoo idea based on the little necklace Lone Star had. Hmm. You know, like just the uh hieroglyphs say... Above my imperial logo tat emblem tattoo, <laughs> I think I'm a prince. I don't know, maybe, and maybe that's why I haven't uh, had that much luck with love. I suppose, <sighs> which makes me think of our um, Rick Moran. I'm sorry, our Ivan Reitman podcast with uh, comedian Andrew Titi, and he was bringing up the fact when i was saying that um the fear of political correctness is going to ruin comedy and it's like no you just have to nail it out of the park when you do it you can't half-ass this like dave chappelle nails it all the time and he's definitely not pc and but he brought up the fact that you know you talk about Blazing Saddles being co-written by Rick Mer- uh, by Richard Pryor, but Richard Pryor did primarily did stuff like the Mongo stuff, uh, Mongo, Just Pawn, and Game of Life. But let's see. So, as you say, we're going through the history. I'm going through. Uh, you're not that big on the Star Wars. Uh, post force awakens correct
3: i've never seen the sequel trilogy films as yet although i've seen the two spinoffs
0: oh well that is interesting i don't think anybody really argues the quality of rogue one but
3: well uh, some people do but i i liked it a lot
0: yeah i mean the only thing about Rogue One was that I hated sending that text message to dad afterwards and Nick I think it was my uh, brother and in- our brother-in-law Nick. Yeah. Like no you can't show this one to our nephew John. <laughs> I mean it's pretty solid until Darth Vader just does his thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I'm not going to say like I hate hate to say it. But you're... And I don't think you've... Pro, I think you probably... Am I wrong in saying that you really only saw a Phantom Menace?
3: I did eventually work... on was their opening night for Attack of the Clones? Okay. And after that, I felt like I have to tap out of this. Okay. It's not doing anything for me at this point. I did watch, because I do have Disney+, Plus. I did work my way through what i had seen of had not yet seen of revenge of the sith last year because i'd seen most of the backstrap but again i really wasn't impressed by it
0: well second chance movies a podcast hosted by jessica quaz and joe harper um did say that i think uh with time the prequels are fine well I'm not going to really excuse Attack of the Clones, I suppose. But, hey, we're talking Attack of the Clones, and this is something I brought up to Jessica, and I guess I could bring up something also as well that I forgot to. Um, do you find the Lone Star Dark Helmet duel kind of similar to how uh, Yoda fought Count Dooku?
3: now you mention it it is hard not to laugh at the very concept of the yoda count doku doku duel
0: right but i'm just saying it's kind of like oh well we need to do this we need to do that which is kind of you know stipulations keep falling into the, the fight between helmet and lone star yeah which i think has the greatest lesson in all of cinema and that's why evil will always prevail. Because good, good. Is... is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's weird though, watch, re-watching it and it's kind of like, okay, Rogue One is all, the finale's all based around getting past the shield on um the imperial planet is that too far removed from trying to break through the oxygen field on planet Juridia?
3: I think you're thinking the overthinking this one.
0: Well, I can't use which I failed to mention to Jessica, the fact that um the Eagle 5 went to hyperspeed inside an atmosphere which J.J. Abrams used a bunch in Force Awakens. So I'm just saying that maybe Spaceballs has a greater influence than we want to acknowledge.
3: It's possible.
0: Because there's no greater nerd in Hollywood than J.J. Abrams and that's if saying the something best nerd
3: we have that's the best nerd we have i'm not sure we're in a great shape right now
0: it explains a lot i'm saying there's no greater nerd i mean you and i are gen x we had tarantino and we had smith and look i think yoga hosers is a classic b movie and i will stand by red state any day of the week i'm just saying that um I think we've just fallen into the hands of commercial nerds now, hmm. i.e., J.J. Abrams. Like, I was recently saw an a- interview with Tarantino uh, with uh, Bill Maher on politi- um, uh, I was about to say politically incorrect. Obviously, in real time with Bill Maher, and he gave me a little optimism when it comes to cinema. It was basically just saying look it's right re- you know it just comes in hills and valleys and we're eventually going to get another hill um, at least in terms of creativity and stuff and Tarantino's brilliance has survived all those valleys my opinion I don't know how much Tarantino you've followed since I imagine you probably saw Kill Bill at, by some point I mean Cable as you say
3: and what I'm not really interested in Tarantino that much. I've seen Pulp Fiction and I don't think that's m- my wavelength.
0: Oh, no, I, I totally understand that. Um, I would say, giving Glorious Bastards a chance, I mean, the guy saved cat people. <laughs> that's all I need to say about Tarantino. Despite, I love cat people when I saw it, finally. It's it's my kind of weird I think Malcolm McDowell personally is my kind of weird, though. <laughs> Lots of love for Tank Girl. I don't really think Tank Girl's is as great a movie as we like to remember it now since it was directed by a woman and it's a comic book movie, but it's an important movie nonetheless. I mean, Tanker, uh, have you seen Tank Girl? Because it is Shout Factory. No. Well, I'm not saying you have to rush out and get it. But I think it's uh if, well no, it's on Shout Factory now. So I was about to say, ah, I think if you go and look at your Amazon my Amazon, your Amazon Fire Stick, I purchased it. But mm-hmm. I think I purchased it with iTunes, so I don't think it qualifies. Um but you know, next time I'm over there, I have an Apple Plus uh subscription because of updating my phone. So hey, I'll work on that for you that should give you access to all my digital purchases so well i don't want to deprive you life force look i've I mean, seen
3: life force I yes. don't need to worry about life
0: force <laughs> i know i know it just oh gosh that is such a train wreck of a movie i mean everything it does so wrong it just makes it so right
1: <sighs>
0: but let me go through my notes on space balls thank you very much for your patience with me as always the poetic critic that's all one word on letterboxd and hey you've got quite the influence because uh second chance movies has followed you as well
3: i noticed that and i appreciate it all right
0: it. okay so i guess i do have a question about do we really need monks or um high on their moral characters in our sci-fi because i mean maybe space balls is so cool because everybody's a scoundrel And I I always say that's why Guardians of the Galaxy worked, was there was no Luke Skywalker. And I think I say that's why the prequels are not everybody's cup of tea, because it is all pretty much samurai movie stuff by that point.
3: I don't really have an opinion there.
0: Okay. Just talking samurais, though, and I know iTunes has that special going on. Seen much Toshiro uh, Mifune?
3: I've seen some of his work with Kurosawa, yes.
0: Okay. I'm sorry to question your quality as the smartest mind in the heart of Illinois when it comes to cinema. Is there even a film critic really in the the HOI, you know, the Peoria to Bloomington, Bloomington, the Galesburg area? I don't know. Because we got... I don't want to call... Well... I can't say I've been impressed by the guys who show up on our local channel in Champaign-Urbana. They're smart guys, but uh, not to say that I don't think I'm wiser. (laughs) I'm just saying, I think there might be a market out there for you, Rory. (laughs) So, all right. Going through the notes. I didn't bring this up with um, I guess it's just a statement about Star Wars and I think it's a reasonable one like should we really be teaching religion to adults? Like Luke Skywalker learns the force, kills a few million people by destroying the Death Star. Uh, people become ex- adults who didn't really have faith end up becoming extremists for religion, kill thousands of people. Just an observation. Like, once you give people knowledge of what might be right, people do crazy things. Just a societal question, I suppose.
3: I'm not going to comment.
0: Okay. All right. Well, actually, I did get this one answered. How much direction did George Lucas actually have on empire uh there's a joke in space balls when you know let's all get some sleep because we got to get up early at the crack of dawn why do we need to do that because when that sun comes up oh an excellent dissolve (laughs) i i'm just saying i don't think uh and i'm not going to rewatch robocop 2 anytime soon i'm just saying did we really need all those star wipes all right Mm -hmm. uh i think we talked about it last week about how i think deadpool needs to be introduced into the star wars franchise but or at least some kind of jedi or dare i say oh i think this is a million dollar idea um Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian his Deadpool in the Star Wars. I know some people were chew for that one. All right. And this is something I did mention. How the hell did Tim Burton really screw up Planet of the Apes when Spaceball does it very well at the end? Did you end up actually ever watching Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes? No. Oh, right. Yeah, that's like uh, the convenience store guy talking to Chris. Hey, Chris, you ever seen Kroll? No? Yeah, you don't need to see (laughs) Kroll. So... I don't know. You love Spaceballs. I think everybody loves space balls. and when it comes down to it, as I said, I know people who don't like Star Wars who love Spaceballs. Um, what do you think about a Spaceballs musical, though?
3: I feel that we have too many adaptations already.
0: Well, that's kind of funny because when Jessica was talking about well, I wasn't really aware of parody movies until spaceballs, and you and I um you know being eight and ten in all respectives you know naked gun was eighty eight correct right I mean, and then dad quickly showed us airplane after that, which is kind of disappointing when I rewatched airplane and the brief nudity just isn't is just very brief you know as a developing child seeing airplane for the first time like boobs had a longer effect on me so um but what i'm getting at is like you know with parody movies and i think in the end when you mention uhf to somebody i think was pre because I think that you had, because I don't really think any of the Naked Gun sequels are that worthwhile. So you pretty much have the Hot Shots franchise. Do you think this was like? Do you think the window on parody features really was say only about three years?
3: I don't know. It's just that looking at <clears throat> how Drew and Scott over at Eighties All Over handled it
0: well that they that didn't have that many, many great ones
3: of- yeah like
0: it didn't happen until naked could- i mean you had airplane and i would say you had kentucky like fried second movement way. i'm the sorry Second
3: wave. yeah the, the late 80s early 90s is more the second wave.
0: right but i mean we didn't really have a good parody movie till scary movie and then they screwed that up i mean a year later So I'm just saying, like, I think we hit the peak right away. I mean, with the second wave, like, we only had maybe four must-see movies out of it. I mean, you had a lot of uh, great comedies that were parodies, yes, like uh, Fear of a Black Hat. But the Mad Cat parody film, I think like, we really only had Five years at best of it. Do you agree, disagree?
3: It doesn't really matter to me.
0: So you're like me, after Hotshots Part Due, we had basketball and then everything's pretty forgettable.
3: I guess that's one way of looking at it. And basketball isn't that great.
0: Oh, you loved it when we saw it opening weekend in '98. When we were like one of eight people in a th- two of eight people in a theater.
1: That movie
3: goes
0: on too long. It's under <sighs> ninety minutes. All right, all right, we're not gonna. Huh. Well, let's just say it ended at basketball because I've on listening to. Non movie park podcasts trying to be hip and cool with their movie references. They're talking about Freddy got fingered, and it's like, oh god, comedy is dead. I don't know why they're worried about. Oh, PC is going to kill comedy. No, we killed it ourselves. <laughs> huh. But um, so, I guess a concluding statement on Spaceballs.
3: I don't have any concluding statements. Mm-hmm.
0: Favorite character from Spaceballs?
3: Hmm. I would, it's hard to tell because I like the bad guys a lot. I think President Scroob is underrated.
0: Yep, I will give you that one. Dark Helmet is just too easy an answer. Yeah. But, um, um, I hate to say it though. Was this John Candy's greatest performance?
3: I don't know. He was really killing it for a while in the 80s. 80s
0: was he like he was making a lot of money for people but i can't really say armed and dangerous was any good i think everybody looks at the great outdoors with an over overly being overly fond of it i mean we all loved him in home alone but i think that was more sc subconscious sc tv reunion I don't know. Sorry to leave it on a downer like that. <sighs> this is what cloning should be used for. Like we got to find those caminos and give us an army of John Candies. So but but as as you say, I mean obviously cuz It's nuts. Uh, My copy of Spaceballs on DVD came in a two-pack, which is an odd two-pack because it was 20th Century Fox and MGM. It was a two-pack of Young Frankenstein and Spaceballs. And I don't think anybody questions that Young Frankenstein is the greatest parody film of all time. Yeah. Just curious, what would you put up against it? Because I mean, Blazing Saddles is probably laugh for a minute, but as a narrative, I would say Young Frankenstein.
3: No, I'm just going to leave that to other people to debate.
0: Okay. Well, Jessica will speak glowingly of uh, Young Frankenstein with her sound bites on this podcast. But um, so, I guess my question to you is, you are the genius of central Illinois cinema has anybody approached you for a podcast besides for look the poetic critics said it so there's got to be validity to it because I know you are a Jeff Goldblum gold mine (laughs) or are just a little still a little too cautious to just devote yourself to being a internet personality
3: you're cutting out. I might
0: okay. as well just wrap this up. Oh right. Well Okay, so uh to find you that is letterbox dot com slash the poetic critic, all one word, correct? So as I said, uh letterbox dot com slash the poetic critic. Yes. All right. Uh, anything else you got to promote at this time no. all right well thank no, you no, okay. well thank you for being such a great sense source of history in cinema as always um if you uh need to follow uh the pot this podcast uh cat at cat for us on twitter main event of the dead.com is all my writing and you can find this podcast anywhere thank you very much again to the poetic critic for being such a genius of cinema and you're welcome thank you and we will uh we'll have more content for you next week uh if you want to be on the show send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com or send me a direct message at catbuster us on twitter thank you very much thanks again rory
4: you're welcome can i hear a wahoo the combo of space wells and producers i'm there i'll i'll pay for the budget i don't care i want to see it <laughs> yeah it is a time it is a time i my friends and i when it around the time it first came out were in love with it because it was i'm a huge horror fan i'm a huge musical fan best of both both worlds Paris Hilton's best work <laughs> like it's just like it's just such a unique kind of film that I I would love like more of that where it's musicals kind of in the vein of like a Sweeney Todd or like Repo where it's just like dark gritty weird and like bops bop songs with it <laughs> I mean I think that a Spaceballs musical parodying the I mean we could do a whole trilogy we can do a a one for the OGs, one for the prequels, one for the sequels, just make it a whole Spaceballs opera with Lin-Manuel writing the music. I'm in. Lin-Manuel's a little too like an actual serious artist, <laughs> but I think he'd contribute. I mean he did Moana and that's a fun soundtrack, so he might come up with a song here or there. That's a good point too, Weird Al. Oh my god, yeah, let's get him on this. Long live Flats you've saved your life have a nice day mickey was in that wuhan lab you know it <laughs> just kidding i don't believe uh, whatever. <laughs>